Clear prep. All right, hello everyone. Uh, this is Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. We've got a huge crowd here. That's awesome. Uh, this is the behind the scenes. So welcome to Paratalk.org. Behind the scenes, you're listening to this on your favorite podcast platform. Tonight we have uh, Chris Meinberg, Chris Wheeler, Linda Anderson, Tommy Mosley, Brian. Hey, Bill Waller. Doug Martin, Kevin Can Fly, JP, and never trust a skinny chef, Shane. This is Behind the Scenes. We're going to go live here in about seven minutes. So if you want to see our pretty faces, go to clearproptv.com. You just want to listen to us and enjoy <laughs> the shows, just go to paratalk.org. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, all right. So... There's our behind the scenes a little bit. We got a big, we are. really awesome. I'm really, you know, this is, this is like a family, you know, it's it really, is. Yeah. A dysfunctional family. Yeah. Functional, <laughs> dysfunctional, you know, whatever it is, but it's really yeah, nice yeah, yeah, you to, know. to know that, you know, Monday we all get together and we get to talk and, you know, it's like, so what's going on? What's new? And, uh, I really enjoy this a lot, and and Doug, he's back, and Chris, he's going to be a guest. No, he was our one of our co-hosts last week, and now he's going to be a guest today. So that's really yeah. awesome. Now you're talking tonight about homemade paramotors and all that stuff, right? I built one. Yeah, built one. What else are we going to talk about? What, what's other? What's some other fun things that you do? Um. Well, so. I mean, this whole hour is about you. I hope you have some things that you want to talk about. All about putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> you had a whole week. You had a whole week to prepare. <laughs> so, no, I've been into aviation like pretty much my whole life. Um, I've built and flown radio-controlled airplanes airplane, 30 years or so. Um, pretty close to it, anyway. Um, it's taken me a long time to, to try and get into uh, to, to flying for real. Um, it's just you know money and time and you know family right. obligations and kids and what are some things that you want to talk about tonight what are some of the topics that would intrigue you that you have a lot of knowledge that you'd like to talk about um i mean i don't really have a lot of knowledge in a you should have at least an hour worth of knowledge come on now yeah so i had a little incident um about 12 years ago when i first started trying to fly that's when you were self-training, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, are we starting? Am I, am I go ahead and go or? Oh, no. We're, we're just, you know, what, what are some things that we want to talk about? Your self-training? Yeah, so I'll talk about that a little bit. And uh, I'll talk yeah. about my, uh, my build. And uh, I'm a resurgence candidate or uh, alumni. So, uh, you know, there's that. Um, I've got a little bit. I don't know if I have a whole hour, but uh, you better have a whole hour. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you run out of things to talk about, just ask Kevin about fuel and oil ratios. I've <laughs> 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 been reading a lot about that lately. Yeah, <laughs> carb adjustments. <laughs> yeah, and then if then if he gets bored of that, we ask Chris Wheeler about um, you know uh, different types of wings. He has a lot of knowledge about that. Ask uh, Brian Haybell about how to kick a hay bale and survive. Hey, JP, are you at home? Are you going to be our tech guy? Am I muted? No, no you're good. Me? We can hear you. Yeah, What's up? Um, 
You're logging on right now. Okay. Yep. All right. So um, in case you weren't here, I think Shane popped in, maybe Kevin popped in, didn't hear. What I'm going to do is when I introduce everybody tonight, I'm going to let you talk about yourself for a minute or two to give you know our listeners a little bit of an idea of who you are and why you're on the panel in the first place. Like, you know, um, I was invited as a guest on episode whatever it was and you know this is what happened at the time so I stayed on or I do this uh, Chris Wheeler you know he's uh, I, I do a lot of reviews on um, wings um, you know Kevin can fly it's like hey I'm at kevincanfly.com I'm also instructor this is what I do you know JP um, I'm a dude and what up nobody, nobody knows why I'm here it's like why is JP here you know, Linda's like, I'm, 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 I'm the cheerleader. Woot, woot. Yeah, I'm the cheerleader. <laughs> so, you know, whatever you guys want to talk about and, you know. What, what episode is this? This 37? is 37, dudes. 37 already. So I was on 21 then. Okay. Can't even keep track of your own episode? Pathetic. Yeah, man. It's hard to remember. Okay. 16 I have weeks. a question. Dude, we... I have a question for... Kevin, I guess. Uh, how did you get KevinCanFly.com to link to your YouTube page? Actually, that's a great answer for my friend Sean there. Cause Sean is I had a feeling one. you didn't do it. I, that's why I said <laughs> for Kevin or for whoever. I, Not that I don't... No faith. No faith. I have, I have three things in the world that I'm good at doing. Being a dad... Working on cell phone towers and flying things. If it's outside of those realms, it's probably not going to be a good answer coming from me other than sarcasm. Okay, more importantly, did you have to pay anything to, to do that? <clears throat> pay anything to do what? To get the link www.kevincanfly.com. Like, that, was, that was a gift from me to Kevin oh. when we first started hanging out. Huh? Oh. When did you guys okay. first start hanging out then? Have, have I mentioned how uh, your complexion is really cleaned up, uh, Sean? <laughs> That's because I use a filter just like Skinny Chef does. Uh, what? Okay. Where's the damn filter button? You need to get on a computer and not a phone. Is there a filter button? Damn. Yeah, on, a, on the computer. Damn, I'm all about that. Why do you think I look so so pretty and stuff? Look at that. Oh. I, oh. I just got to look like this all the time. It's <laughs> glowing. <laughs> So, hold on, time out real, real quick. Just to answer your question, Linda, Sean and I have been friends for almost three years now. We've become closer friends within the last year. But while I was doing a lot of paragliding, I found Sean's channel as he was just learning and getting into paramotoring. And so I made a, a lot of what I would hopefully call encouraging comments to hope that would help him along in his progression. And it was always seemed like, you know, polite and good responses in return. And so we always kind of had that YouTube, called, you know, what do you call it? A uh, uh, comment and so forth. There you go, thank you. We, and, we, and had, it, we had a YouTube connect Sean. Ah, connect Sean. There. Like that's, that. that's pretty clever. Uh, yeah. That's good. And then, you know, and, and so, 
that that connection grew then to being a Facebook connection, as you know, we all do in this friggin' world. And you know, you you just start kind of getting to know somebody who you are. And then once we started doing, Sean and I were talking and discussing it um, on private message, just back and forth. And you know, organically, our, our you know, he bought me onto the show with the dot com. Well, yeah, really. and, and I wanted and I wanted to also make sure that you know that people could go to his YouTube channel because his YouTube channel is youtube.com forward slash unlmnop one two five something right because he didn't have he hasn't changed it to where it's like you know youtube.com forward slash Kevin can fly so to make it easy for people to find him you buy the dot com from like GoDaddy KevinCanFly.com forward that to his YouTube channel. That way when you type in Kevin can fly, it goes to YouTube channel. Just like my ppggrandpa.com goes to my YouTube channel. Um, Thanks, Sean. And, and ppgtommy.com. Uh, uh, yeah. we, we also did ppgtommy. So anytime that you talk online or do a video, always reference your.com to get more people to come back to your, your channel. Because you know, we laugh. No, we will be live in a second. All right, let me go ahead and go live. Sorry, I'm we're just... live on audio. We are not live on YouTube yet. Correct. Let me go ahead and jump on YouTube and make us live and not Memorex. That's how old I am. I remember Memorex as the Memorex. I know. Hey, hey, Sean, do you live stream it on both of your YouTube channels? No, I just do one. The the Sean Simons. Got you. Um, one more thing before you go live on the YouTube. I talked to Mark at Paraswag USA. Yeah. And he has graciously agreed to toss us some t-shirts and some stickers to hand out onto the show. Oh, when, when will we get the, we'll, and when can we talk about that? So him and his business partner had an issue with the screen printing service, apparently with all this hurricane stuff that's going on. Cause he's in Texas. Uh -huh. the the screen printer got destroyed flooded not oh, really sure no so his business partner owns his own screen printing machine so they're currently hand making the shirts in the meantime wow so it's a little bit slow but it's coming literally going to be coming all to fruition here within the next couple of weeks so did you want to talk about it on live or no we can. That's why I just wanted to bring it up before we were actually live so we could have this conversation quickly. Okay. Um, when I um, introduce you and you talk about yourself, you can add something like that too. So okay. is, is that okay, Kevin? All right. Here we go. And no, that, that's fine. On YouTube. Do, 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 do. We are streaming. Is it live yet? Setting up your meeting for YouTube Live. Dun, dun, dun. All right. It looks like we are live. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, a.k.a. I hear a... Oh, I think that's me. I think I... Uh... Oh, that was me. My bad. Oh, is that you? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I always take the blame. You know, it's like uh, in, in my family, it's like, hey, I'm the guy. I, I did it. I did something wrong. It's me. Um, you know, happy wife, happy life, right? Welcome, everyone. Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa, a.k.a. Um, Clear Prop TV, where everybody gets together Monday. If you're listening to us audio, you're probably listening to us 
on paratalk.org. If you're watching us, you probably went to clearproptv.com. Today we have a huge panel and I want you guys to understand and learn about my friends that come here every Monday. So as I'm introducing everyone, they're gonna tell us a little bit more about themselves, um, who they are, even their channel, where they come from, why are they here? So let's go ahead and start off at the very top here since since I'm up at the top. Let's go to Chris Wheeler. My dog is choking. Welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, why, are you, why are you here? I was a guest on episode 30, I think. I think it was 30. So a uh, little bit about myself. I make YouTube uh, videos uh, in my spare time. It's My Dog is Choking, so just YouTube My Dog is Choking, all one word. Uh, on the side, I do software, computer stuff generally is what I do. And um, that's it. Uh, yeah, All here right. I am. Didn't mean to put you on the spot like that, but we definitely appreciate you. <laughs> I don't remember what um, episode, but you also do a lot of um, wing review on your channel, correct? Mm -hmm. huh. Yeah, so I have, thir I have uh, about 13 episodes of Learning to Fly. So I chronicle my history of learning to fly, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, and then I also have wing reviews. And then I also do inspirational videos too, which are just kind of like my anniversary video or my video of, of how I feel about the sport in general. So, yeah. And just so you know, everyone that's watching and listening, uh, all of our links will be down below. Um, I don't know if they are right this second live, but they will be once we um, go here in just a moment. We also have Linda Anderson. She's always been our cheerleader. So welcome, Linda. Um, she's, she ha she's our cheerleader, but uh, look, give us a little bit more background about you. Why are you here? And, and even tell us about uh, your son. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I kind of started my journey with you guys probably about a year ago. Um, I'm the pair mom of Robert Michaels. Uh, he does his uh, talk show, paraglidingtalk.com, on uh, Thursday, Thursday nights, which is really exciting. And uh, so I started really getting to following this show. And in turn, I don't know, it, I, it was kind of like a chain reaction. And then I just kind of found you guys here and there, here and there. And then, and then uh, Sean, you invited me to your show. I don't know what I don't know what show number it was though. So like I've been either. on here forever with you guys, and uh, it's a great ride. I'm like totally enjoying this. And I'm, and we definitely appreciate you here. Unfortunately, she doesn't fly, but she is really good at giving us like behind the scenes as being a newbie that doesn't fly. So you know, the more we fly, the more it becomes natural and common to us, and we forget the newbie stuff. So she helps us stay more newbie. Um, yeah. Now we got Tommy Mosley. He's been flying with me for a while over here locally here in Arkansas. Um, we try to do cross countries and things like that. But Tommy, thank you for being on the show. Give us a little bit of background and uh, let everybody know that when you first met me, I could not kite a darn wing. And you're thinking, oh my God, this guy, I don't know about him. Um, yeah. Uh... John and I met one day on the training hill and I'd already had some mountain flights and uh, was waiting to get my motor. And uh, John was very, very new to the sport and 
I think the next time I saw him, he had like 400 hours, 4,000 hours. <laughs> I don't know. Something crazy. And uh, I think I'm on the show because every time I'm, I'm local, every time I uh, need to fly, there's a group of guys that are flying. But I know Sean's flying every day that's available to fly. So I know he's going to be able to fly anytime I'm going to be able to fly. So, uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> on, on that note, Tommy, if you want to go down to the uh, sod farm, um, I'm going to be flying tomorrow evening with some friends. So come on over if you want. Yeah, if I get, if I, if I can get. I mean, I know that you can't, but you know, I, I offer, <laughs> I offer. And then of course we have uh, Brian Haybill Waller. Uh, he's been on our show for a while now. Uh, we met up because um, something interesting happened to him. Uh, Brian, give us a little bit of a background. Why are you on the? Sh why were you on the show? And well, of course we know why. You're Molly. Because you're awesome. <laughs> Well, first off, one of the reasons I'm here is uh, I decided to retire early, about three and a half years ago, and go chase after my dreams. And uh, I got into paramotoring. I've been traveling the country. And about a year ago, I got into paramotoring. Uh, at the beginning of this adventure, my buddy Andy bought me this phone, and it's been paying the bill on ever since. And he's like, you know, we know you're going to do some cool things, put some videos up on YouTube. And uh, that's how my YouTube channel got started. So... Brian Waller, type that in on YouTube, you'll find me. And uh, of course I video everything I do now. Got another buddy that gave me a GoPro and I was flying low across a field, having some fun doing the classic hay bell slalom and got too close to one on the left. I see you Shane. <laughs> I like your backdrop there, man. But uh, anyway, uh, I got too close to the one on the left, and I, the last decisions were not the right ones, and I ended up pushing off of my left and turning my foot sideways. So that's how I got started. Y'all interviewed me. I appreciate that. Uh, I think that was episode 21, and uh, I guess you can't get rid of me. I just keep coming back. I'm glad that you're back, and just like always, kick your foot up so we can see your foot. That, that seems to be a thing now. <laughs> Andy's frozen. So, I think we lost him. I, I think so too. Um, so that's Brian Haybell. We also have Doug Martin uh, tonight, and uh, thank you very much for being here. I know that uh, you're busy, but uh, uh, Doug is here, and he's always welcome to come on here. Matter of fact, he was on a couple of our past podcasts. Uh, Dougie, a little bit about your uh, background, and thank you again for for being here on the panel. I, I appreciate you guys asking me to come on. All in all, I'm kind of a good guy, depending who you ask. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, uh, anything with the motor or wings, last 25 years has pretty much been life. I've been flying now the last about three years. Had a relatively nasty incident about eight months ago. You guys interviewed me a few times, and you all seem like good folks, so. I decided to stick around and I'll stick my head in once in a while and add smart out comments. And we totally appreciate you being here, uh, Doug Martin. Thank you. We also have our resident uh, paramotor instructor, Kevin Can Fly at kevincanfly.com. Uh, Kevin, welcome to the show as always. Give us a little bit of a background and um, why you're still sticking around. Uh, <clears throat> well, 
My background is I got the misfortune of having a family that started me out in life in aviation. And, you know, it, it's that simple thing of like, where you just stand up, say, hi, my name is, and I'm an addict. So once it's in your blood, as you know, most people who've flown know, it's something you don't really shake. You, you know, you chase it to the clouds and you want to be Icarus every time you fly. I've been doing it since uh, 2002 under a paraglider wing, I guess you'd say, um, paramotoring now for about five years. And the thing that I've come to find is there's two things in this sport that we have. And it's to me, is it's almost like the two things we have in politics. There's the people that are always struggling for the top. And then there's the people that are always trying to look out for the ones below. I feel like my experience through life, my experience through flying, my SIVs, um, being a, a general aviation pilot as well as a paramotor pilot, I feel I have something to give back to the community as far as that knowledge that somebody's trying to achieve. And I'm happy to share it. And I think this show is a great platform. I think we talk about very relevant topics. I think the guests we have including Brian and Doug, you know, Chris today, you know, some great topics that come up, some, some great information. And, you know, the saying goes, more heads is better than one. I think as we work through this and discuss this, uh, different issues and different topics, it brings us all to some enlightenment and helps everybody be a happier, safer pilot. And at the end of the day, we all want to be happy. We all want to enjoy flying. So the more knowledge we have, the more question marks we check off, and the more question marks we check off, the more prepared we are for the fun when it comes. Exactly. I uh, couldn't have said it better myself. That's uh, Kevin at kevincanfly.com. Uh, now we have JP. He has been here for a while, and he's always been our technical guy. Um, he's also thrown a reserve in real life, not at SIV. And he has a lot of good stories to tell. So, uh, JP, who are you? A little bit of your background and... Why are you still here? I guess you like us. <laughs> I am JP Tulo. Uh, I'm still here because you can't get rid of me. I am <laughs> what you call a, uh, a pair junkie. Um, I can't get enough uh, power paragliding, paragliding, you name it. Um, you'll see me in the rooms on, you know, every show, every night of the week. If I, you know, have time. Trader. Show. <laughs> I, I just can't get enough. Um, I love this stuff, man. I, ever since I found it uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, it's every chance I get, so. Um, Tell us a little bit about I, that um, that uh, reserve you had to throw. About 30 hours in, um, I learned about the importance of pre-flight, I guess you could say. Um, I had a, a little bit of a, an failure and um, wasn't really doing anything that stupid, I would, you know. Just kind of messing around and I, I was relatively smart about it. I started up at like 3,000 feet, which um, I guess is where you should be doing stupid stuff if you're gonna do it. And uh, I snapped a line and apparently on the glider I was on, which was a Gen Pegasus 2, which is supposed to be a relatively safe glider. Um, I snapped a line on it uh, and went into a spiral that at the time I didn't have enough skill to get out of. Um, and I threw uh, my reserve with about a thousand feet to go. Um, landed in a cornfield without a scratch on me, and uh, I'm here to tell the tale. So you will hear me um, 
preaching about the importance of uh, reserves, even if, you know, you're being smart about it and flying in calm air, you can never account for equipment failures or outside. Um, I always mention the, the guy that got hit by a freaking eagle and uh, tangled in his lines. You know, you never know when <laughs> something outside of your control is going to happen. So um, I'm always pushing the importance of uh, a reserve or floats or, you know, a backup plan, if you will, because uh, what we're doing is inherently dangerous. It can be dangerous. It can also be very safe and um, you can stack the deck in your favor if you're smart about it. So, um, I, I don't know. I just think uh, that's an important way to look at it. So I totally agree, and I hope that everyone is using a reserve um, or or think about getting a reserve pretty quick. We also have uh, Never Trust a Skinny Chef Shane. He is our resident comic relief. If you've listened to <laughs> our show past, you know that without him, there's no funniness. Shane, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're still here uh, on our show. <clears throat> well, we, we, uh, well, you and I asked, uh, started, I guess, at, you asked me about starting another show and uh, we, I guess we went with it and uh, here we are. Um, I've been flying paramotors uh, November of last year, which I'm coming up on my first year. <clears throat> um, I've got, I don't know, almost 80 hours on my motor now. Wow. Which is, which is what you probably did last week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Some of us have real jobs, you know, I'm, <laughs> we just can't go flying all the time. But, uh, yeah, yeah the, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the backup. Thank you. <laughs> hey, when you're, you're salty. Hey, we're salty about it, too. <laughs> I mean, right. he's like, I'm like, come to Florida. I can. I got to work. Oh, by the way, I flew eight hours today. Uh, okay. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> Anyways, um, I, uh, I don't know why you guys have me on the show other than uh, jokes, because I don't know much about Paramodern other than uh, I haven't crashed yet. Notice I said yet. Um, at some point, it's going to happen. It's just like riding a motorcycle. There's, it's those who have crashed and those who are going to crash on a motorcycle. Same thing with paramotor. And at some point, you're going to have some kind of incidents. Um, and uh, you know, I just I've been fortunate so far. I, I'm guessing that I went to a really good school and they taught me really well. And I've I guess my luck bucket hasn't filled up yet. Exactly. Well, we appreciate your, uh, you, you being our comic relief. Without you, this would not be a good Comic show. relief. I love it. I know. I, I, I laugh at it. Jokes, you know. Just, well, that's because I pay you to. I, 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 I <laughs> Wait a minute. People are getting paid here? <laughs> Everybody gets paid to laugh at your jokes to make you feel better. Hey, we got Brandon on here. Brandon uh, up, for a while, so... Um, I'm glad that you are here so you can tell us made a little it, bit about it. yourself and um, I'm glad you made it back, but why are you here? So, uh, uh, Brandon, who are you and why are you here? Uh, my name is Brandon Rucci. I'm a fellow paramotor pilot. I learned last year around probably July, I got right around 60 flights in and my first time coming in on, coming in on this show 
was because I destroyed my prop. I gave the, uh, uh, what would you call it, the motor a little bit uh, too early, gave the throttle a little bit too early and clipped in, uh, what do you call it, the arm of my paramotor and my prop struck it as uh, JT, I believe, is pulling up right now. Yeah, and I also see <laughs> that you haven't been watching all of his videos. Wait a minute, you've done pretty good, but you need to watch more of his videos apparently, JP. <laughs> he comments. <laughs> and uh, Brandon, didn't you just post uh, something? Uh, you posted a, um, uh, it was a TikTok or it was a Instagram and you posted it on Facebook? Yeah, so I just that made was that today. Cool. Thank you. No, I, I put some little bit of work on there. It was for TikTok and Instagram, but for some reason, I, I'm not good with TikTok. I post a couple of random videos and they get maybe two views. So it, it hurts to see that. So I'll put it on like, because there was a little, couple of paramotor clips uh, on there today. So I figured I'd put it in the paramotor chat. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, definitely um, check it out, guys. Um, I'm putting links down below as we get the chance. And now we have... I got everybody, right? Everybody's changed. Everybody's moved around. I think I got everybody. Now we get to our guest, which was our co-host last week. We got Chris Meinberg. Tonight, we're going to chat with him. But before we chat with him, we got to find out who he is. Chris, who are you? And uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Well, my name is Chris Meinberg. I'm, uh, I'm a truck driver in Tucson, Arizona. Um, I am an army veteran. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm an army vet. I spent six years in the army uh, from 2005 to 2010, early 05 to late 10. Uh, I was a truck driver in the army as well, um, which, you know, at the time when I was, when I was in, I spent uh, 15 months in Iraq in 07, 08. Um, it was considered one of the more dangerous uh, MOSs because of all the roadside bombs and IEDs and whatnot, which uh, <laughs> there was lots of that. And I, uh, I developed PTSD from it pretty severely. Um, and uh, so anyway, to start from the beginning, um, I've been into aviation pretty much my entire life. Um, when I was probably 10 to 12 years old, somewhere in there, uh, a good friend of mine introduced me to radio control and uh, I, I got pretty heavy into that and I used to build kits and spend you know a couple months on a kit and crash it in a day. Um, <laughs> that went on and on for years. Um, my my dad was a private pilot. Uh, he had a, uh, a VTEL Beach Bonanza. Um, <clears throat> lots of flight in that and uh, so my entire life, I've always wanted to to be a private pilot and uh, and and get into the general aviation uh, aspect of it. Hey, that's me. <laughs> um, All right, guys, real quick. There's 12 subscribers on his channel. Please go to his channel. I want to see more than 12, please. <laughs> it's pretty new. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so growing up, there was a lot of flying uh, in my life between RC and then flying with my dad and uh, some of my dad's friends. I flew around a bunch in some pretty cool airplanes like a Pitts S2B, Satabria um, yeah, one time, and you know, cool stuff. And then, uh, so growing up, um, my, my life goal was, was always to be a pilot. Um, by the time I was an adult, um, you know, I wasn't, I didn't make the best choices in life. So um, I ended up joining the army instead of going to college. 
That was that was last weekend. That was I went I, I went into the Marine Corps of going to college. I understand you. I'm here. I hear you. And thank you for your service, sir. And you as well. Yes, thank um, you. No, thank thanks. You, um, so anyway, um, at, when I was probably around 20, I would have been about 28 or so. Um, right after I came back from Iraq, uh, I had a little bit of, of deployment money and uh, went and started taking flight lessons. And I got about 23, 24 hours um, in Cessnas towards my private. So this is and your I, general aviation. This is before paramotors, right? Way before paramotors, okay. yeah. Um, so I got about 20 something hours and, uh, and I kind of ran out of money at that point. And uh, my, my instructor told me, he's like, you know, your, your next flight is going to be a solo. So you need to have insurance and you need to have uh, your medical and I just didn't have the money for that at the time. So I kind of, I, I put it to the side. And then uh, for whatever reason, I came across, <laughs> <laughs> I came across paragliding on, on YouTube, which was kind of new back in, at that time. This was around 2009 or so, 2008, 2009. Um, so I was like, that's cool. I can do that. So I, I jumped on eBay like everybody. And first thing I did, I went ahead and bought a wing. Um, knew nothing about it, um, so I bought a Gen Zoom, uh, a 2006 Gen Zoom, which was just a couple years old at the time. Uh, and it was a because cool. because this was what year that you bought it? Uh, 2008 or 2009. Okay. Um, yeah. So when I got it, it was pretty crispy. In fact, it's in my garage right now. It's still pretty crispy. Wow. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I ended up meeting a guy in I was stationed in El Paso, Texas, at Fort Bliss. Um, I met a guy out there named Tad Robinson, um, who was an instructor um, for both free flight and, uh, and uh, motors. Um, but at the time, I'm like, I can't afford a motor. So, and I've got this wing. So I was like, let's do free flight. So I, I paid him some money and talked him into, he had a, uh, a <laughs> um, so I had him pull me up a couple of times. I never disconnected. It was just straight line up 50 feet and glide down. Um, and I'm like, cool, I know everything at this point. Um, so then a buddy showed up in, in, in Texas and, uh, with a pickup truck and I was like, Hey, I've got a bunch of, uh, of 550 cords. So let's go tie it to the back of your truck and, and, and pull me up and see what happens. I can do this. And, uh, that was a pretty big mistake. Um, so anyway, I was like, you know, these things fly at like 20 miles an hour. It's a diesel pickup. I'm like, don't give it a whole lot of gas. Um, so the first thing you do is you step on the gas and I get up about a hundred feet and the tow line snapped. I pendulum back, um, immediately did a frontal collapse, full frontal collapse. And, uh, I was close enough to the ground to see it coming, but high enough for it to hurt. And, uh, I panicked and pulled my hands straight down to my sides to brace for impact, which put me into a parachutal stall. I came down from uh, probably 80 to 100 feet parachutal. Uh, thankfully, it was over a sand dune, and I had uh, an airbag harness, and I really didn't get hurt. Um, but it scared me out of it for quite some time. Um, and in fact, until recently, um, it, it pretty much, I'm like, you know what, this isn't for me. Um, so from you know, that time, that was about 09 or so until this year, it's never left my mind. Paramotoring and paragliding has always been in the back of my mind, um, but I was just scared of it. 
I was really scared. So um, fast forward to now, um, the beginning of this year, I'm like, you know what, I need to do something. I'm, I'm 39, I'm about to turn 40. Um, if I don't do something now, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. So um, I was like, you know what, all right, let's, let's, um, let's go ahead and at the beginning, I was like, you know what, I'm going to get my tax return. I'm going to go ahead and finish my private pilot's license. That's, that was my original plan. Um, so I, I went and did a, a flight out at a local field here and started talking to an instructor and started talking to some other people. And uh, like I said, uh, I have severe PTSD. Um, I did not realize at the time that uh, PTSD is considered a mental illness and prohibits me from ever obtaining a pilot's license. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, um, I cannot get a medical whatsoever, period, end of story. So that really put me down. Um, I, I kind of went into some depression with that and I'm like, you know what, this is, this really sucks. You know, it's like, this is what I've always wanted to do. I'm at a point where I can do it, um, but now I can't again. Right. So. Like I said, the whole time paragliders have always been in the back of my mind. Um, I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't need a medical for that. It's, it's an ultralight. So um, I was like, all right, you know what? It's the next best thing. That was kind of my thing at the time. I was like, it's the next best thing, which was totally wrong. Um, so um, I, I decided, you know what? I'm going to use that money that I got from my tax return and the stimulus check. I'm going to go ahead and buy a motor. Uh, I'm trying to explain something to somebody, and I just don't. Sorry. Uh -oh. <laughs> so I, I decided to buy a motor and a wing. Um, I got both for a pretty good price. Um, my motor was a, uh, a demo model from a company, a pretty big online company. Um, I don't know if it's okay to, to, to put out a name. but uh, I personally don't care what you say. Yeah, so I got it from Glider Sports. It was last year's demo model. So it's a brand new engine with no warranty uh, at a major discount. Um, so I ended up getting my motor for, I want to say like 1800 roughly, uh, somewhere around there. And uh, brand new engine, there's no warranty. So it's a Viterazzi Moster 185, my 19. Um, and I ended up getting a wing off of uh, Facebook the marketplace, which was, uh, <clears throat> it's a brand new wing. The guy apparently bought it up in Canada and hurt his shoulder in an unrelated incident and never flew it. And uh, I got that for about $2,200. Um, and it, it, I, was, I was pretty worried about that purchase, but it turned out it, it was what it was. It seems like it was what it was advertised as. Um, what wing did you get, Chris? It's a, uh, it's a Roadster, uh, an Ozone Roadster 3, uh, 28. Oh, it's a, a nice wing. Yeah, yes, really good wing. Um, so I still, like I said, I've still got that Gen Zoom sitting in the, in the garage. And at first I was going to, I was planning on using that to fly with. Um, I'm glad I didn't. Some people talked me out of it. And uh, that's probably a good choice we, so we got that we all some of us got that stimulus check and that's that's what bought my wing. um well one of the things that you also were talking about too is that you decided that you were going to build your own paramotor yeah so I, I was just getting to that um i did i did actually build my own paramotor 
Um, so I basically started, you know, I'm like, I'm pretty much tapped out with money as far as after the wing purchase and the engine purchase. Um, so I've got uh, some tools and I'm, I'm pretty handy with, with, you know, YouTube, you can pretty much learn how to do anything. So uh, I taught myself how to TIG weld and I bought a TIG weld. Um, wow. Yeah. So I built a, uh, a frame. Um, I basically downloaded a bunch of pictures um, and watched a bunch of videos, um, got a ton of information out of the, uh, um, I can't remember the guy's name from Scout, um, but he put a ton of videos up pretty much explaining. From Miro? I'm sorry? Miro? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Miroslav? Um, yeah, exactly. So I got a ton of information from him. I bought the PPG Bible and got a ton of information out of that. And I basically just started reading everything I could possibly find um, about paramotor design. And I also, you know, kind of leaned on my, I've got close to 30 years of RC experience, which, you know, an air, aircraft is an aircraft. Um, so I've built a ton of stuff um, with, CG you know, and power, baby. CG and power. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so anyway, you, so, so, you, so you created, you made a bunch of things that flew that was RC. So the, this is the first time that you made something that was uh, airworthy that you could fly. This is the first time, yes. Uh, okay. It's the first time I've built anything that I fly. Um, so, and it worked out. I'm, I'm still here talking to you. So. That's, that's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, we have a huge panel here, and I definitely don't want to, to clog up and be the only person talking. Is there anybody in the panel that wants to ask him any questions? I've got one for sure. Um, yes. I was, you know, whenever you said you had that accident, you know, a lot of people have never seen an accident, have never been around an accident like that. Even seeing something like that happen or having happened to you, how do you get over that? Uh, how do you get over that and, and move past that with, with what you wanted to do? So um, for me, it took a decade, a little over a decade. Um, but in the back of my mind, the entire last decade, flying has never left. It's always there every single day. That's all I think about. Um, basically, what got me to, to the point of getting over it was a was um, my age. I think it's kind of maybe partly a midlife thing. Um, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. Um, and then B, I did decide to get instruction and do it right this time. Um, that was, you know, thankfully, um, like, I, like I said before, I am a, a resurgence alumni. Um, resurgence stepped in and, and helped me to get training through an excellent instructor. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better instructor. Um, my instructor is Jeff Fletcher from Lone Star slash Desert Aviators. Um, he's he's got to be the coolest guy I've ever met. But uh, I love I love all the people at Lone Star Paramore. I think they do a great job over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't unfortunately I haven't met any of the other guys over there. Um, and the reason I, I was uh, it was recommended that I see Jeff as he moved to Phoenix, which is, you know, a hundred miles away. Um, but you know, do we I lose have, him or do we lose me? I'm sorry. Say no, that again. You're still going strong. Keep, keep, keep on with your story, Chris. You're fine. 
<laughs> so, um, so anyway, yeah, I, I got some training through Jeff. Um, I, I completed my frame. So back to my frame, I, uh, originally I was, you know, inexperienced. And so in my mind, I was like, you know what, the, the swing arm thing is kind of popular, but it seems like it's going to be a little unsteady and uneasy in flight. And I don't want that. I want this thing to be as solid as possible. So like everybody, I've watched some Dell videos and, or, or you know, <laughs> he drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, I'm like, you know what? The comfort bars are pretty solid. It looks like a good design and that's probably what I'm going to do. And then also, you know, with the sky tap angel, I saw that and you know, um, that's, that's what I fly as well, which is, I mean, it's, it's an upgraded copy of, of, you know, the flat top. If we're well, honest, if we're honest, the flat top is a downgraded copy of the Walker Jet. Then that too, yep. <laughs> for sure. So I started building. I mean, that. I'm, it, and, and real quick, it's like when we talk about a paramotor frame, it's a hoop with nettings and some way of strapping in a harness. It's pretty simple. I mean, yeah. there's <laughs> going to be some sort of copying someplace because it's, unless you go crazy. like a square or something. And I most well, definitely, I well, most definitely I, don't mean any disrespect towards SkyTap in that respect, especially um, because I did receive a ton of advice from uh, <clears throat> um, uh, Andrew Fuller. Andrew? There you go. Yeah, Andy Fuller. Andrew Fuller. And, I, and I, I might be I might be wrong about this, but I do believe the patent for the Walker Jet was bought by the snake oil salesman. Really? I think so. Yeah. So anyway, um, I was posting my progress of my build on Facebook. I'm sure a few of you have seen it. Um, it's it's the Blue Falcon, um, which is an Army reference. I, I got a lot of flack about that. Um, but uh, anyway, so Andy sent me a message. He sent me a, a private message and uh, with his phone number and told me to give him a call. So I did. Uh, out of the blue, I gave him a call. And I spent about an hour on the phone with him. And uh, <clears throat> he gave me some really good advice, um, as well as sending me some components to, to help complete my frame. Um, but one of the, the biggest piece of advice he told me was, and, and now that I've got some experience, is absolutely right. He uh, he said, you know, the he obviously he likes the the comfort bar design, um, but he basically said you have to have a really strong frame to be able to handle it. He said, with the way your frame looks, you might get two or three flights before your your comfort bars start to bend down. That's my frame. Um, <clears throat> before your your comfort bars start to bend down. And uh, so he's like, you know what, your best bet with your design is, is to just go ahead and buy some swing arms from somebody and throw them on there. And, uh, and that's exactly what I ended up doing. Um, and it turned out, well, I bought uh, some Minari swing it looks arms. looks really off. pretty. Thank you. I bought some uh, Minari <laughs> swing arms off of eBay and, uh, and threw them on there and they're holding up pretty well. Um, I'm about 260 pounds. So um, at first I wasn't sure they could hold my weight because they're kind of thin, but they seem, <laughs> they seem to be doing just fine. Um, so um, 
as of now, I have, uh, I'm still a brand new pilot. I've made some, some changes since I, since these pictures were posted. Um, is that a, is that a gas can? It was. Is, is, it that, was. is that a gas yeah. can? Uh, now I, I have an actual clear <laughs> okay. fuel tank. Whatever works, man. Whatever <laughs> works. You know what I got? Hey. got hey. my hey. Hey. Actually... in Thailand that used literally a Sprite two-liter <laughs> bottle as the fuel container. At least so he's not using a plastic grocery bag. for years and years. <laughs> soda well, um, you know, it works if you put the grocery bag in a basket. A liquor <laughs> basket. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, if you made it, if you made that gas can where it was detachable, it'd be really easy to pull up to or fly into a, a gas station. Right. <laughs> no, that's the thing. I have actually replaced that with, with an actual gas tank. That's clear. Um, it's two and a half gallons. Um, Ooh, Kevin would like that throttle. Yeah. So that's been replaced as well. Um, I was trying to be cheap with that too. I was, you know, everything about it was. You know, I want to I want to make this thing as cheap as I possibly can and get it flying. That looks um, like the, an actual bike handle. Yeah, it does. Like yeah. a handlebar. You cut a handlebar in half. That's well. It's actually a piece of aluminum tubing with uh, a a bicycle brake on it, more or less. How, uh, how did that work? It looks like it worked pretty well. It worked that's fine. What, I, yeah, that's it worked what fine. I build mine out of, Sean. I just use carbon tube instead of aluminum tube. Yeah, the only problem I had with it was it was a little too long where the kill switch was. Um, mm. I, where is the kill switch? I right at the end with the normal spot. Um, yeah, and it was actually a, it was a, a computer, a PC power button that I bought off of. Uh, <laughs> um, so the problem I kept having was every time I would move that thing or even look at it, I'd bump the kill switch. That looks um, like you used um, rivets and strung your line like uh, like the Skytap Angel. Yeah, so that was uh, that netting is all that came directly from Andy Fuller. Okay, and the rivets as well for that fact. Um, he sent me that. He gave me a ton of advice on where to place them and how to do them. Um, it's 500 test pound uh, Kevlar line, just like the Skytap. Um, and he sent me a, a ton of that line and the rivets and. Uh, it worked out well. Um, I, I couldn't be happier with that netting material. What is, uh, what, is, what is the name of your your motor or your, your frame? I'm calling it the Blue, the, the blue Falcon. The Blue uh, Falcon. Um, we need to set up uh, a GoFundMe and uh, <laughs> get this rolling off the, uh, the line. That's pretty yeah. cool, man. So is, is that all made out of 6061? It is. Uh, it's actually uh, 6063, which is a slightly cheaper but almost identical version of, of aluminum. Okay. Uh, in fact, most tubing is, in fact, 6063. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. But, yeah, it's all, it's all uh, aircraft-grade aluminum. Um, what harness is this? It's an APCO SLT harness. Um, which is, I mean, that's, so kind of my thing was, you know, I'm going to build everything I can, but anything that might kill me, I'm going to buy. Um, so the harness, I wasn't going to attempt that. Um, I'm really happy with that harness. Um, it's got you know, a strap that connects directly from the carabiner through the harness to the other carabiner. So if any of my frame fails, I'm not going to fall to my death. Good, uh, I like that. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like I said from the beginning, it's uh, so I actually did make a change from there. Everybody, I, I caught a lot of flack about the, the carabiner being directly through the, uh, the shackle, um, metal on metal and whatnot. Uh, until I realized that the harness is actually designed to, to be an intermediate. It's got a loop on both ends to connect from the shackle to the, the carabiner, which is how it is now. Um, and I've got the little the retainers on the shackles as well, the, the key rings and whatnot. Um, Those guys right there. Yeah, exactly. Um, what does that thing weigh? Uh, it came up to 54 pounds, um, empty without my reserve on it. Not uh, bad. Yeah. That's like almost air conception weight. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. It, it turned out well. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of hobbled together, but uh, so I've got about probably 15 flights on it now. Uh, in fact, I just flew uh, yesterday morning with it, and uh, I've made a lot of adjustments. I put uh, um, lamelles on it, um, which made a huge difference for torque. So the original, the, the first few flights were, it was kind of a bear because it has no torque compensation built in whatsoever. Um, so uh, I put uh, lamelles on it. I started with four. Um, I noticed an immediate improvement, but it wasn't enough. So I upped it to, uh, I've got uh, 15 of them on there now. And they're the PPG smoke lamelles. Um, I, I say that this is at Paramotor Homemade. It's a Facebook group or page on Facebook, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, it took me, so I work, you know, I'm a truck driver. I work uh, a lot and uh, it, it did take me at least three or four full months of, of all my time after work to complete it. That's including, you know, I had to chop those comfort bars off and, you know, make modifications. I got it to the point where I was happy with it and it's ready to go. And then it's like, Nope, it needs a change. Something's got to come off and be re-engineered. And um, hey, Chris, real, real real quick, we got a couple of um, panel members that want to ask some questions. Tommy, sure. Yeah, mine was already answered. One was the harness, the other was the motor and the weight. The, that the, that's that's incredible. You got it to that weight. That's really good. And I yeah. think Chris Wheeler has a question too. Yeah, so I noticed that the uh, netting goes over the hoop. So I'm wondering if you ever had lines catch on the hoop. And I have a second question after you answer that. Yeah, I actually, that was another one that I caught a lot of flack on Facebook for. Um, if you actually look closely, the um, it doesn't do that on the bottom half. Uh, if you look at where the arms go across, straight out horizontally, um, everything below that does not do that. It does not wrap around like that. Um, it goes straight out. So the only part where it wraps around is up there on the top. Half. You can see it very well there. Um, gotcha. The reason yeah, that's I, the placements that Andrew Fuller told you how to place them because that's how the uh, the sky tap is, right? Well, yeah. And so basically, on the bottom half is where you have the most pressure from the lines expanding outwards as as the wing is coming up. After it passes that midpoint, the pressure is reducing. And no, I haven't had a single snag whatsoever. Um, it, it's perfectly smooth. I haven't even noticed it. 
Um, at first I was like, you know, maybe I'll take some of that irrigation tubing and, uh, and wrap that around it if it, if it is a problem, but uh, it hasn't been a problem whatsoever. The rivets are all completely on the backside, so it can't snag on a rivet. Um, and, and the pressure is so light at the point where it gets to the top half. Um, I haven't had a problem at all. Um, and then what was your other question, Chris? So my other question is, I grew up in Tucson, so I, I know the area quite well, and you're, you're able to fly over absolutely beautiful country. I mean, you got, and, and I don't know if you can go there, but can you fly over the boneyard? Is that possible? No. And like, where do you fly? Oh, you can't because you, because it's uh, Davis Monthan? No, well, Davis Monthan and TIA, it's class C, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, gotcha, okay. So where do you go? Do you go out to Oro Valley or do you go closer to Sabino Canyon or where, where can you go around there? And can I come fly with you? Cause I've got plenty <laughs> of reason to come to Tucson. So let me know if I can come fly with you. I'll start with the second one. Hell yeah. I would love to have you here. <laughs> awesome. Um, most definitely without a doubt. So where I have been flying, I did my training up in, uh, in Santan, uh, which is uh, kind of South of Mesa between Coolidge and Mesa. So it was, you know, wake up at 2 a.m., drive, because I did my training on the weekends. Um, so it was drive, you know, an hour and a half to an hour, 45 minutes to get there. Train, fly for an hour or two, because it was middle of summer. Hour or two, and then drive back. Um, that sucked. Um, so I live on the east side of Tucson, and I mentioned that I fly radio control. So I'm a member of the, the Tucson Radio Control Club on the corner of Houghton and Valencia. Um, it's been there for years and years and years. It's a big club. Um, I live 10 minutes away from that. Well, directly behind that, if you're familiar with Tucson, is the old drag strip from back in the 60s yep. and 70s. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's where I've been flying from, the old drag strip. There's a little clearing that's a little bit smaller than a football field, but uh, and it's completely surrounded by Toya cactus, but it's 10 minutes away. Um, so that's, that's where right. I've flights from. Uh, I, I keep trying to, uh, I keep telling myself, I'm going to go, I'm going to go hit up the ring cons. I want to go fly over the ring cons, but every time I chicken out, I'll hit a little bit, a little bit of turbulence over the Pantano wash. And it's like, no, I'm not going to happen. Not today. We, we have to do Savino Canyon. We have to, I grew up at Tanka Verde and Tanka Verde Loop, if you know that area. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we have to do it. We have to do it. I'm, I'm going to set a date with you. Yeah, I'm for sure. I'm, I'm absolutely down. Um, yeah, this is the little spot that I've been flying from. In fact, I think that was my Saturday flight um, this past weekend. Um, it's a tiny little spot, and if you have an engine out, it's going to hurt. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it's a good little spot. It works. Um, there it is. That's, that's it. That's what I'm flying from. Um, and there's the old drag strip. If you are listening to this podcast, please go over to clearproptv.com. Take a look and see what's going on over here. We're looking at his footage from, uh, from Chris's YouTube right now. Hey, by the way, Chris, how many um, subscribers did you have when, you, when we first started? I want to say 12. <laughs> You're up to 20. Oh man, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a brand new YouTube channel. I'm, I'm brand new to paramotoring and every, every paramotor pilot has to have a YouTube channel. So. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Like any fish story, if you didn't get a picture, it didn't happen. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's the coolest thing in the world. I'll be honest. Um, 
like I said from the very beginning, I really wanted to supply, you know, general aviation. Um, that was what my heart was set on. Once I decided that that's not going to happen and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall back on PPG, it's really changed my life. I mean, I'm so glad that, that I did go back to PPG because it's a hundred times better than flying around a Cessna. That's boring. I mean, it's fun, but it's like compared to this, how else can you run into the sky like Superman? Um, I think general aviation is I want to get from point A to point B a little bit faster than a car. Yeah. And air motors, it's, it's an adventure. Exactly. And I mean, well, you, look, okay. you look around, all you see is your feet and your hands. And that's it. I'm good. I've got two cents to add to this, considering I've, I've got my accomplishments in both sides. And I'll say that when it comes to flying a Cessna or a Cherokee, something like that, the, the ability to fly the aircraft is a whole different experience. You sometimes, but not always, feel as if you're connected to the aircraft. It more feels like you're manipulating a machine. Yeah. And then secondarily, the rules and regulations that you have to follow are very strict checklists, very strict procedures, very strict language, um, you know, depending on what airspace, whether it's a Charlie or a Delta, depending on the regulations of the aircraft, does it have a mode C transponder? I mean, there's, there's so many more facets to general aviation just as in general, where in paramotors, the only real facet you have to deal with is airspace, weather, and your own mental status. Mm -hmm. and, and that last one, I think, is one of the most important things because when you get into a Cessna or something, and we talk about it, like when you, when you do your instruction, you hear your instructor talk a lot about the airplane getting ahead of you and, and how you have to do a lot of work to make sure that the airplane doesn't get ahead of you. With paramotoring, you feel, it's the definition of flying through your butt. Yeah. And you don't necessarily let the glider get ahead of you because it really is the definition of connected to you. And I, I just think that that freedom of flight really is more of a connection with how we feel when we go into the air, more so than the craft that we're connected to. I completely agree with that. Um, I, I've kind of compared it myself to the difference between riding a Harley or a dirt bike. Um, you know, it's just, it's so the thing that kind of when I my first flight the thing that still sticks in my mind today that really threw me off was how you can feel each individual part of the wing move as you fly through turbulence mm -hmm. um, from one side to the other you don't feel that in, in a in an airplane um, it's just a bump <laughs> yeah it, it's the weirdest thing ever and I've flown a lot of different I mean so I've got a really good friend that flies sailplanes out here in Tucson as well and uh, I've gone for a bunch of flights with him and that's that's a pretty unique type of flying as well um, it's awesome but it does not compare um, JP's nothing. on drugs what's that? I, I think I JP's I think on I drugs broke, I broke the, the channel guys JP did, broke did you, the what's going on here? Oh, you, I, I, you got fact checked by Facebook is what happened <laughs> here we go this is what I meant to <laughs> yeah i mean just paramotoring really is the best thing ever there's nothing like it um look how cool that is like man yeah. look at that how, it doesn't get any cooler than that right there. it really doesn't just, hey jp you got your hand 
you got your hand raised. You got your hand raised on purpose. Are you? Are yeah, you I do. Playing? I do. Um, what, because what, Bill H, Bill H from the chat wanted a question. Uh, he wanted yeah. to ask if you ever thought about building a trike. Um. Yeah, I have. Uh, trikes are cool. I just don't think it would compare at this point. Um, I mean, at some point in my life, I've heard it said, you know, time and time again, and it's probably true, you know, we're all one crash away from being a trike flyer. Um, that's, yeah. I mean, that's real. That's, that's reality. Um, and we're all getting, well, I'm, I'm about to turn 40. Um, we're all getting- Oh, oh to me, so- Oh my God! He makes himself sound like he's. <laughs> oh, to be so young! I would love to be turning forty. I think the grand old dirt bike saying works perfect for paramotoring. Yeah. When when you're young, it's all fun, and with age comes a cage. <laughs> That's. I mean, we're all we're all going to get older, and we're all going to end up flying a trike or not flying. So, um, but for now, I don't think anything compares to foot launch. There's nothing like running into the sky like Superman. Exactly. And, and it doesn't even I, matter. I, I, just like the, I just like the looks I get when I pull up to a red light and people look at the back of my car like, what are you trying to do? Improve your top 10 times or something? Like, <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, too, I'm not going to fly from that little site that I'm flying from with, with a trike. It's just not going to happen. Um, and that's the cool thing that I really like. I mean, <clears throat> with, with foot launch, you can find little spots on the top of a mountain. It's like the ultimate bush line in a way, if you want it to be. Um, I'm not there yet, but that's, that's my goal. That's what I'm trying to get towards is to be able to fly up in the mountains and whatnot. Um, so as an instructor, I always right tell there. my students, I say what, what I like to see them do is 1%. Is Every time they go fly, 1% better. Whether yeah. it's 1% better mentally or 1% better physically, if you're improving 1%, then that means after you do a hundred flights, you will be a hundred percent better than you were a hundred flights ago. Brandon, you, Brandon has to go. Continue? I Brandon have to get out of here, guys. So thank you, are Brandon. Are you coming for... back, Brandon? Or are you leaving? Are you leaving the building? Uh, I'll probably uh, be gone because I got work tomorrow, so I gotta oh. get a little bit of oh, rest. But yes. well, thank you for jumping on. No, thank, thank you guys for having me. Buddy. I'll be I'll be back on here again though. All right. If you All guys right. get a chance, check out Ricci Flies. This guy Definitely makes some really good out. videos. Yeah, yeah he, he does. Uh, good. Not just like stuff, but he's got some really good videos out there. So, You're always trying to switch it up. So, if you guys are looking for something new, definitely uh, check it out. Thank you, guys. Though, and thank you, Brandon. Have a good Brandon. Have a good one. I feel like I adopted Brandon. You know, because I originally found him. Facebook. And I uh, brought him to the show. Linda, Linda's proud of yeah. that one. Yeah. 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 So. Have a good one. You guys can thank All me. Right. See you later, man. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. audience, And you're looking to be on the show. You just reach out to our PR rep, Linda, and Linda, she'll be definitely. happy to get you into the schedule. Right. right. Absolutely. So sorry, oh, Kevin. Didn't mean to, to interrupt you. Um, what Did you need to continue? Honestly, I lost track of my thought when it went to chaos. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, you might remind me, or we might just move on. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, let's go ahead and open up the the panel real quick. You guys have any questions for I, uh, for Chris? Can I, can I real quick just put one more thing out before before that? Yes, uh, please. Yeah. So 
I really want to give a huge shout out to Resurgence. Um, Resurgence PPG really came through for me. Um, I was planning on self-training at the beginning of this. Um, again, I was planning on doing it for the second time. I would not be flying. I would not be on my 24th flight today or yesterday if it wasn't for Resurgence. I would probably be in my shop rebuilding my frame for like the eighth time with a broken leg. Um, so I really want to give a huge shout out to, to Todd Scandrick and Resurgence PPG um, because they did come through for me. And uh, as a disabled vet, um, I, I can't say enough positive about them. They're the most, the best group of people I've ever met. Uh, it's the, the best organization I've ever seen. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm hands down one of the biggest supporters of what Todd does. I think it is phenomenally amazing that the, the audience he targets is the people that go out and serve our country and do it in such a humble way. I don't think I've ever heard a single resurgence candidate ever say that they regret going through this process in any way whatsoever. I, I just, I, I find it to be as, astonishing. And for everyone listening at home, if you're not a pilot and, and you have, you know, a service member in your family that you'd like to see um, go through the process, you can go to resurgence PPG <clears throat> or resurgence.com and you'll find out that you can either submit a candidacy for somebody or you can make a donation in the name of somebody and that goes to helping the next candidate for resurgence PPG get into the air. What, can, what a resurgence does is they are a 401c3 nonprofit organization and they collect donations and then they scholarship our wounded warrior veterans into a USPPA certified school with a USPPA certified instructor, and they see them through to a flight. And it's absolutely amazing what they do. So if you can support them, we graciously encourage you to do that. Thank you very much for that, Kevin. Yeah, you're absolutely hey, right. Um, I couldn't on that. that On that subject, there's a really easy way to support Resurgence. Anybody that is an Amazon Prime member, if you uh, you can change it on your phone and on your desktop browser. Go to whenever you log in, go to amazonsmile.com. You can change that as your smile.amazon.com. Yeah, what smile.amazon.com and go in. It takes maybe four minutes to change your settings and make Resurgence PPG um, your uh, charity of choice. And I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. most of uh, the, the products that you can buy on Amazon qualify and. Okay. Um, I think it's something like 3% of whatever purchases you make on Amazon, the proceeds go to Resurgence PPG. And every quarter I get an, uh, an email that says that um, I've donated X amount to Resurgence yep. because of just the stuff that I'm buying anyways on Amazon. And, and, it's no, and there's no money, there's no extra money out of your Nothing pocket. out of pocket, nothing. It costs us nothing except the four minutes that it takes to sign up. So Good info. Yeah, it's, uh, I can't encouraging enough i made a post on facebook about that a little while back it's just there's no reason not to do it because it doesn't cost you anything extra it's stuff that you're getting anyways might as well make it go to resurgence and even even amazon wins because i think they can write it off because it's they're making a donation to charity and stuff so it's just just do it's it a win -win. if anybody has any questions send me or sean you know uh, a message and we can help you out with it it's super easy just you go you know into I settings will, you know i will yeah I let me know I, I know i will I walk you through it step by step so mm -hmm. resurgence ppg's on there and also uh 
uh, Christiana Croce's program, uh, Project Airtime, is, is on there as well. Yeah. yeah, another great program. That uh, hey, if, if we're going to use corporate tax evasion in any way, we might as well use it for resurgence philanthropy. All right. Yeah. All right. Kevin, I just want to say you look marvelous, Kevin. Thank you, Linda. I appreciate that. Marvelous, darling. No, marvelous. Felt, seriously, I'm just. Kevin's totally been on his deathbed the past couple of days. Yeah. Just yeah, in case y'all didn't know. I'm getting. We thought we were gonna lose him. Got him back. <laughs> uh huh. They're like, no thought way. We're gonna lose like, our nope. Kevin. He was halfway to heaven. We pulled him back. Yep. Nope. Kevin can visit the hospital three times. Three times. Three yeah. times was. He three. just went there because he wanted the attention. <laughs> yeah, the other day I was like the other day I opened up Facebook is like, is this like dude posting like one day at the hospital over three days or is he three separate days in the hospital? Well, just like he said, he's trying to pick up chicks. <laughs> Good place to do it, I guess. <laughs> no, it's, it's really, it, 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 it was really an unusual deal. So I'm I'm 36, almost 37 years old. I don't drink alcohol. I don't take drugs. I'm not overweight. I don't do anything other than, you know, take a, a poor butt landing from time to time that damages my body. And for me to have a random gastric pain that was on a scale level of about an eight to a 10 for a guy who shattered a femur, that was something I felt needed to be viewed <clears throat> by a couple of physicians. So I went into the doctor, CT scans, x-rays, you know, the, the full thing, blood, urine, firstborn child, all that good stuff. And they, they weren't, weren't able to make a determination as to what was going on, though they decided it was, was pancreatitis. And so for the last almost two weeks now, I've been on absolute bed rest, clear fluids, and in, in and out of the, the emergency room with repeat visits to make sure that things are not um, progressing and getting worse. And I'm happy to say that today's the first day that I've started on a uphill recovery where I'm no longer taking narcotic medications and I'm able to subside my pain naturally. Awesome. No more narcotics, darn. Yep. I don't like them. I don't like the way they make me feel. I don't like taking drugs. Anything that makes me feel like I don't have control. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, back up. <laughs> Can you say that again? Because I, I, I used the I very think I must have misunderstood you there. You're not supposed to lie. Come on. Hey. Way to go, Pinocchio. Cannabot oh, promoting oh, oh, herbal hey, remedy. It is not a drug. <laughs> Cannabis is not a drug. <laughs> hey, no, is, more than, uh, no more than a cigarette anyway. <clears throat> hey, Chris, well, I want to give you the heads up real quick. Um, Brady Smith, he flies out of Flagstaff. So you might want to, you know, message him sometime or whatever. That's, you know, find uh, some little places to fly out there, you know, out that, here, I should say. That's one of those spots I definitely want to hit up. Um, yes, yeah. I really need to get my bump tolerance up first. Yeah, uh, he was on our he was on our show a while back, so yeah. I, I just messaged him, see what he was doing. But he hasn't messaged me back. Maybe he's flying or finished flying or what? I think he just flew like five days ago. So, um, yeah, he's a really cool guy. So. Yeah. yeah, so like I'm at a point right now, I've got 23 or 24 flights, um, so I'm brand new. Um, every time I feel a little bump, uh, it makes me want to land right now. Um, 
so I, I have to work on that. Uh, Flagstaff being as mountainous and, and valleys and hills, and it's going to have a lot of bumps. So that will definitely happen in the future. But so, Chris, I want to point out to you that Flagstaff being a mountainous area, especially towards the winter months, will have a lot less thermic activity and more ridge activity than your flatland desert will. Your flatland desert's gonna absorb that heat and then it's gonna start popping off what we call bubble lift. So in the winter time, you don't get uh, concentric thermals. What you get is pockets of heat that then break off and they go up. And that's where you'll feel the, the most inconsistent air, what will feel the most uncomfortable for you will actually be on the flat ground. So if you go up or there's a little bit of mountains, there will be turbulence because of mechanical turbulence from the train. Right. But it won't be the same treacherous turbulence as you'll find when you're flying around over the flat valley. That Just something sense. to be aware of. So going up and flying flagstaff is no more dangerous for you than where you're flying now. That makes sense. Well, it's also a higher elevation, so there's that. <laughs> we, we got one more question from, uh, from Brian Hill. There you go. <laughs> Got a question from Brian. Yeah, he answered it the exact same time I typed it. How he many flights okay. are you? Oh, yeah. 23 or 24, I think I heard. 23 or 24 and about 15 on my own frame. Ish. He just, he just so, finished the first case of Coors. <laughs> <laughs> so are they all short flights or are, I mean, how many hours does that translate to roughly? Yes, yeah, so on my... On my motor, on my tachometer, I've got like six and a half hours. So they're all very short flights. Um, I have so Chris, are those are those 24 flights outside of training or is that 24 flights including your training? Including my training. I actually finished my, my, my instructor told me at 12 flights, he's like, you can go ahead and start flying on your own. Um, he felt that I had progressed enough to, he was, that I was competent to do it. Uh, and I agree. Um, but yeah, it was 12 flights with my instructor. And then since then, it's been on my own. Um, actually, I can't really say that because I did do a fly-in last weekend. Um, a little short, it was the Wilcox Playa fly-in. You guys just saw the video. Um, he was there for that. So I don't know if that counts. But uh, I did get uh, seven or eight flights on that uh, as well. We just call that a supervised flight is all. Yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> if he, I mean, if he wasn't on the radio talking you through the maneuvers, it's no. just a supervised flow. Yeah, he was actually, uh, he was wingtip bumping me and all that. that oh, yeah. Stuff, so, yeah. Unfortunately, um, it's after 8 o'clock, um, and some people have to go. I think Tommy has to go. So farewell, Mr. Tommy. We appreciate you being on here. See you guys. It was nice, nice talking with you. Thanks for all the information. It was, it was really cool talking with you guys. Thanks, hey, Tom. Tommy, send me a PM. I can get you a stellar deal on a new rag if you're looking for one. Ooh, I like that idea. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll hit you up for sure. Like, good good deal for a top quality product. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. A top quality used product. Like, somebody cutted it and didn't like it. <laughs> well, Hit me up. Uh, we'll, we'll talk shop and figure something out. I got a range of things I could hook you up with. Appreciate it, buddy. We're going to go ahead and open up everything. I, I got the Zoom uh, information in the chat. So if you want to join us and chat with Chris or any of us, 
um, definitely jump on. Chris Wheeler has a question. I'm sorry, did you say you had another question? Yeah, Chris Wheeler has a question. Yeah, so what, what wing are you on and uh, what size? I'm on a uh, Ozone Roadster 3, 28 meter. Um, and in fact, you know, I didn't even say, so I was pretty, pretty uh, excited when, uh, when Sean sent me a friend request on Facebook. Reason being is as a truck driver, I have a lot of idle time during the day to listen to podcasts, um, which I do pretty much all day, every day while I'm working. Um, and this podcast is one of the ones that I've been listening to for since it started. Um, and I usually listen to it on Tuesday morning. Um, so I am drinking a hot knot IPA um, or, or seven, but we have a private, we have a private chat and uh, I was just asking what kind of beer is Chris drinking yeah. <laughs> for those so, of you that, that hey, are Chris, listening to us. Are you, are you a long haul, short haul or route driver? No, no, I'm a local driver. I, I deliver a uh, cinder block for uh, the company that manufactures it here in Tucson. So construction materials. Right on. Um, cool. Yeah, I, I did long haul for a lot of years after I got out of the army. In fact, I owned a truck for a while over the road and um, it was much better money. Uh, and it was fun for a little while, but I mean, it's like three weeks out and then the truck payments still due. So you come home for a day and you're just constantly thinking about the truck payment and maintenance and so three weeks out, a day or two off, three weeks out, I got old pretty quick. Um, yeah, having a family is a hard routine. Yeah, I'm sure you can see them all running around in the back. My daughter keeps trying to put her face in the screen, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I, I feel you. I, feel, I, got, I got three of my own. I got three of my own, man. I know exactly how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so I did the, I switched over to the local thing. Um, so I spent half the day in the truck and half the day on the forklift. Um, I, I have a piggyback forklift that I, I pull around with me and uh, it's, I mean, it's kind of fun. It's monotonous, but it's not the worst thing I've ever done, but, uh, but yeah, it's local, it's less money, but uh, you know, I have a life. I get to fly paramotors and have kids. <laughs> so, yeah. Hi. 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 <laughs> anyway, so back to the original question was, uh, yeah, so my wing, um, I was inspired heavily by Sean with his YouTube videos for the Roadster 3. Uh, and that ultimately is what led to me choosing that as my first wing. Um, oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. That, uh, I, you, were, you spoke so highly of it that I decided that's what I wanted. Um, a lot of people were like, you know, you should get a Mojo or an A-Wing. And I'm like, I'm going to grow out of that pretty quick and I don't have the money to dump, you know, you know, several thousand dollars into another wing right away. And the Roadster is a low enough B that I felt like I could handle it. And thankfully I was right. Um, it's a nice wing. I, I really like it. it. It seems to be, I, and the uh, spider seems to be really like a good for I train, I train my students on a spider, which is just the lightweight version of the same wing. And so does my instructor. Um, I already had my wing when I started training, so I never flew any of this. Uh, it might as well just fly my own. But uh, Exactly. Yeah, I'm a big enough guy where the, the extra weight of it just doesn't really matter to me. I've never had a problem bringing the wing up. Um, so I'm happy with the Roadster. In fact, I'm, I like the heavier material because it'll probably last a little bit longer. Um, maybe. 
but Bye. Um, but yeah, it's a great wing. Um, I haven't had any issues with it. Um, I don't do a lot of funny stuff with it. Like my first time playing with the Trems actually was yesterday morning um, during that turbulence. Uh, yesterday, for some reason, I took off and I felt a ton of turbulence, even though it was fairly calm wind and cool. I don't know. I don't know what was different, but uh, there was a bunch of turbulence and I just, my mind went back to the manual and it said, pull the trims in and active pilot it. So I did. That's, a, that's the really good thing to talk about real quick since we got, you know, a big panel here that has different experience. Uh, Chris Wheeler, uh, Chris Meinberg and myself, we talked about this before a lot of people jumped on. So um, let's go ahead and open up the panel real quick. When you are flying personally, and it's getting bumpy. Do you pull trims in or let trims out halfway? What do you guys do? I, I pull let trims, trims in. Out. I let my trims out to the point where my wing has the best pressure. Uh -huh. And for my wing, that is about one third of the trims out. Okay. Um, anybody and, else? And I, generally, I generally launch, land, and fly in that configuration. The only time that I bring my trims all the way in is if I'm trying to thermal. What was the question? Um, <laughs> when you're flying in heavy turbulence, do you pull trims in, let trims out midway, or where do you put your trims? I think it depends on the wing too, a reflex so. wing. Yeah. So if, just so you know, the piece of advice, in the ozone wings, <clears throat> all of them in the A and B category, they're certified where you can use the brakes in all trim settings. So you can be can't trimmed all up. the way out and still use your brakes and not cause collapses. You just cannot use the speed bar and then use your brakes. So if you're flying with no speed bar at all, you can fly with your trims all the way out, still have full control or bring your trims in, still have the same full control. However, I, I would asterisk that because I feel like that's going to get a lot of people into a habit and then they hop on a new wing and fly that the same way. And on ozone wings, you got to be careful that you don't take that um, style of flying. Well, the Gen Vantage, the Gen Vantage that I got, the Gen Vantage 3, I, 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 all configurations, including speed bar, you can use your brakes. Yes. So, like the. Uh, Is it a reflect wing? Yes. Yeah, the Gen Vantage. You can, Most, um, uh, yeah, you can A and B wings are going to be like that, but then you start yeah, getting so, into. So, yeah, even with your, um, even with speed bar out, you can use the brakes on the Gen Vantage 3. It's yeah, the only so one that I think I know about. But that's because it's habitually a Habitually what I do. Yeah, habitually what I do is uh, if it starts getting bumpy, I immediately let the trends out. I want to invoke as much reflex as possible because it's going to be more stable. You stiffen that wing, you allow the reflex to take it, and your chance of collapse go way down to a point. And once you hit your bump factor, the, the, and you're just like, I got to touch those brakes, I bring in the trims just a little bit and grab the brakes and just hold pressure on the brakes. But I never go trims in if it goes turbulent because you're just going to feel the turbulence worse. It's going to be worse for you because you're, you're getting rid of the good part of the wing. You're getting rid of that reflex and that reflex stiffens that wing and allows it to punch through better. And that's what you want to do in turbulence. You want to punch through it. You don't, you don't want to have a, a non-reflex wing. You don't want to, you don't want to pull the trims all the way in. And that's different. That's, just, that's my opinion. 
but that's also different. Turbulence and mechanical rotors, two different things. If you try to go um, and, and go reflex with trims out in mechanical rotor, you could cause a collapse. Am I correct or am I incorrect in that? I think turbulence is turbulence. Um, I mean, how are you going to know if it's, I mean, if you're coming up to a group of trees, right? You, you definitely want to hold brake pressure, but what are you, what are you talking about a me mechanical rotor? I mean, mechanical rotor, rotor is rotor, whether it's, whether it's from trees well, or from well, we said, a paramotor and, okay. Well, we, I'm, we said, we said, we said, what's that, Kevin? I was going to say, I was just going to try to, to clarify the, the sentiment here is there's, there's a difference between turbulence and rotor. Yes. That's so rotor would be disturbed air caused by a structure or obstacle, whereas turbulence is just different air masses moving about themselves. So if you're flying through turbulence, I agree with what Chris is saying. Increase the forward pressure on the wing by letting trims out, you move your center of pressure forward. By having an increased pressure on the leading edge, you're less likely to take a collapse on your wing. However, I also agree with you, Sean. In rotor, you want to have your trims in for the sake of having the wing come out of the collapse faster. Wings are designed to collapse. They're meant to do it. That's why their lines are soft. When you reset the glider by pumping out your collapse, having your trims all the way in will allow you to pump collapses out easier. So two different schools of thought. I think both of you guys are on the correct way. I just don't think you're seeing eye to eye. Can I ask a question? Absolutely. Um, so as a new pilot, um, I'm curious, how do I know when that point happens before it's too late, before I've reached that turbulence that's too much? and it's too late and a collapse. How do I know? So let me, let me read to you what your manual says because your manual actually covers this. It says, in mild turbulence, it may be best not to attempt to fly the wing actively and let the profile absorb the turbulence itself. Indeed, small applications of the brakes can reduce the inheritance of stability in the profile. But wait, basically what it's saying is in mild turbulence, uh, in mid to mild turbulence, I'm sorry, is where you want to invoke reflex. However, in strong turbulence, ozone recommends to always return the trimmers to the neutral position and fly the glider actively. Um, right? so, so they're saying, they're saying, don't pull them in. They're saying go neutral. Yeah, for that, so, and guess, this is for the Roadster 3. Right. Mm -hmm. And I guess I've read that manual cover to cover many, many times. Um, I just, my question is, your mild might be different from my strong. Um, you know what I mean? What, how do I know? So yesterday I was, I mostly always fly at trims neutral, which is the red line, which is two lines up from full in. Uh, that's where I almost always fly. I was feeling I, I, on some a, oh, sorry, JP, let him go. I, I think neutral isn't the red line, just FYI, but go ahead. It is according to ozone. Um, yeah, on that wing, that red line is the neutral line, JP. Okay, sometimes neutral is all the way in, but I just want to, okay, go ahead, sorry. So, um, yesterday I was flying at neutral, and right as I, it was maybe six mile an hour winds, um, right as I crossed over the, the wash, which is maybe uh, a mile, half mile from, probably a mile from my, my LZ, 
um, I started feeling a whole lot of bumps and they weren't like a little thermal and then it's smooth again. No, it was bump, 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 bump. Um, I was probably 800 feet up. So I don't think it was mechanical at that point considering it was six mile an hour winds. Um, I don't know what was going on, but it was different than what I felt before. So I, I wouldn't say I panicked necessarily, but it, it made me uncomfortable. And I decided to turn back towards the LZ. About halfway back to the LZ, I decided, you know, back to the manual. The manual calls for trims full in, I believe not neutral for, uh, for uh, turbulence. Um, so I decided to go ahead and do that. I pulled full trims in, uh, maybe a quarter mile from my LZ. And that was the first time I had gone trims full in. And I couldn't believe, like you said, how much more I could feel the air. It felt 10 times worse when I pulled them in. I, I just, I don't know. I'm a new pilot. I'm a brand new pilot. So, yeah. I really so the manual says neutral. It doesn't say it trims in. It just says, it says neutral. You don't want to go trims in in turbulence. And then okay. you want to apply brake pressure. You don't okay. just, you'll know the feeling of how much. You don't want to pull too much. You're just, you're just holding weight on there. That's it. You'll, you'll know. You'll know. You can feel it. So washes, especially in the, in the Arizona area, the washes, you, you, you know what an arroyo is. I mean, you live there, right? An arroyo, an arroyo always follows a wash, right? So in those areas are always cold air. So if you're hot and you go into a wash, all of a sudden you cool down, even if there's not an arroyo around because that air follows that wash down. And as you're going over it, you're feeling the difference of temperature between the non-wash and the wash area. So it's not surprising that you're going to feel turbulence as you go over washes. Even at uh, 15 minutes after official sunrise? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's oh, yeah. Okay, so when you, when you get a chance, look up these terms. Catabatic and anabatic. They, they so they describe what he's talking about. So the, the hot always goes the cold. So either you have positive lapse rate or you have negative lapse rate. So when you're flying around in the canyons or when you're flying around those areas, you're gonna have pockets of settling cold air. And as you go through those pockets of, basically in the morning it would be warming air. You're gonna be going from temperature changes, temperature changes, and that's what's gonna be giving you your density. And that's what's, what you're feeling is turbulence. Okay. Yeah. So to answer, to answer oh. your question though is, is the the easy thing the easy way to answer it is just to simply say trust your gear the wing you're on is very safe the wing even in a collapse will correct itself without any pilot input other than a stall which you unless you're doing dumb things you shouldn't be stalling the wing and when it comes to to what is your bump tolerance that is a built-up thing it's, it's today it might be this is uncomfortable for me in, in three months from now, you might look back on it and go, wow, such a chicken. I can't believe I wasn't willing to fly that day. I so definitely it's, agree. It's always good to err on the side of how you feel. So if you feel, and this is what we call the I'm safe checklist. I'm sure you went through that when you did your, your part 91 flight. Am I safe? Am I feeling good? Am I on medications? Did I eat today? Did I sleep today? All those, you know, all the factors that go into how is your personal mental state? So if you don't feel like you should be in the air right now, put yourself on the ground as safely as possible. Exactly. There's, always, there's always another day. 
takeoffs and, and flights are not always guaranteed, but landings are. That makes and sense. not every landing is going to be as glorified as the ones you want them to be. So it's, it's a, a marathon sport. It's not a sprint sport. And so mentally, we just have to always tell ourselves, like I said earlier, 1%. Whether it's 1% mental or 1% physical, every time we go fly, we want to gain 1% better pilotage so that way we're always checking off question marks. Today, was how does it feel when it's bumpy? Well, you experience that question mark. And my advice is and, until the wing starts shooting around and you're having a hard time keeping a handle on it, that's when you go land, but that's because I've been flying for a long time and, and I'm not necessarily afraid to let the wing start shooting a little bit. For a new guy, smooth air, solid feeling. As soon as it doesn't feel right, land. It's supposed to be fun. If it's not fun and you're flying around feeling like, oh shit, I shouldn't be here, then you probably shouldn't. Not because you know, you're you know, not the right guy, but it's always mental where, you know, just like when you went through combat, your mental status is the difference between you being the conqueror or you being the victim. Am I here to win or am I here to be lo the loser? Right. Never be the loser, especially in aviation. You're never a passenger. You're yeah. always the pilot and you always have to come and make the good decisions. And if the good decision is to land, don't let anyone tell you that what you did was wrong because it's better to be on the ground wishing you were in the air than be in the air wishing that you weren't on the ground. That should really be a t-shirt. JP has his hand up. I know, huh? JP? Real quick, real quick. Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, someone in the chat, uh, Justin Lewandowski. Um, you guys might remember uh, earlier in the week, I uh, shared his Instagram with you. Um, he was uh, trying to self-train and uh, was having a little bit of trouble to say the least. Um, he's since uh, decided that he thinks he's going to uh, seek out professional training, and uh, I've invited him to come out and hang out with us, you know, if he feels up to it. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to say what's up, Big Lou. And is the, the, the Zoom is open. If you want to jump in, go ahead and jump in. Uh, no problem. Uh, Shane, you've been kind of quiet, and I uh, want to make sure that you have the ability to, to speak up. Um, I don't, don't want to keep you in the dark over there. No, I'm I'm being very quiet tonight. I'm I've got a, a ton going on, and and I'm just listening and waiting for the right opportunity for I don't know uh, to ask questions that uh, I'm not. So I <clears throat> let me go ahead and start with this trimmer thing. I always ask my teacher what the correct um, situation is for trimmers in or out, and you know when it comes to a new pilot, I was. He told me the trims in and light pressure on the brakes. Um, if your trims out, the uh, recovery on a collapsed wing is more aggressive. Um, so, again, like I said, I'm, I'm a new pilot within a year. I trims in nine times out of ten um, when I fly, and it's only if I'm trying to catch somebody do I trims out. Um, but that's just my opinion. I, 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 you know, my teacher says only fly blue and black wings. I'm flying only blue and black wings. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you've so trusted the guy. You've trusted your trimmer, teacher. Think of trimmers like a seesaw. So on one side of the seesaw, you have resistance. And on the other side of the seesaw, you have recovery. 
So as you as you swing the seesaw this way, you become collapse resistant. And as you swing the seesaw this way, you become more recoverable. That's the the realistic argument of trims in or out. Are you are you gonna roll the dice today that your wing won't collapse, or are you gonna roll the dice today that you can make it pop right back open? I've and never thought of it that way. It, that's that's good. I like that. And after you've done enough flights, you you won't have to think about it. You'll just go, oh, I need to pull those in a little bit. You'll just do it. I watched a video by, I want to say it was Mitch G, if I'm not mistaken, the Apache pilot. Probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah, it was directly about that, and he drew little paper diagrams about it, and it was, it made it really easy to understand exactly what's happening to your wing mm -hmm. and turbulence regarding reflex and, and trim situations. Um, he is also big on letting the trims out, but he also made a point that we haven't discussed that there are uh, full reflex wings and, and semi-reflex wings. And he basically said that anything in the middle between trims in and trims out on a full reflex wing is kind of the danger zone. Um, and that makes sense um, to me because the way he explained it is, you know, if you're full trims out, you're hanging 100% on the A-lines and everything else is slack. So that allows the wing to kind of do its thing because it's got a pivot right here, right? Um, whereas if you're on partial trim, there's still a little bit of pressure and it's not all the way on here and um, that's where you get your problem. Um, so that being said, based on that, our roadsters are semi-reflex wings. They're not full reflex because no matter what configuration you put it in, you're never going to have your B, C, and D be slack. Well, that's not how reflex works. So okay. reflex, re, okay. So when you look at a paraglider and you look at its its foil, you've got your A's, your B's, your C's, and then your D's, right? Right. So what's what's happening, and this is where, where Mitch's video goes, and, and it's kind of one of those, you got to understand a little deeper than just the basic concepts. But what he's telling you essentially is when you come on the, the trimmers out and you let the tail up, your A's and your B's don't change dimension. They stay the same length. It's just your C's and D's that come up. It's just the tail. It's not the nose. What happens is when you stand on the speed bar, you're changing the angle of attack. So trimmers move the center of pressure forward. Okay. The speed bar changes your actual AOA. So by moving the case on the roadster or the no, it's it's that's that's the case across all that's was, that's the case across all paragliders. That's paraglider it design. Typically says in the manual that the speed bar and the trimmers do exactly the same thing. No. Absolutely it not. It might say that in the in the manual, but I'm I'm telling you from a physics standpoint. I've been doing this since 2002. That I'm is not, not arguing with you. I'm just yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm I'm not arguing. I'm just <laughs> being informative. Very informative. The the change of the distance between the wing and your body is is your incidence, right? Right. So the incidence doesn't change when you open or close the trimmers. Your incidence remains the same. When you stand on speed bar, you're changing the distance between the leading edge of the glider and yourself. You're changing the incidence, i.e. you're changing the angle of attack. Okay. So when you move the center of pressure forward, you're loading 
the weight bearing portion of the wing. So if you look at any paraglider, the way that they span the lines and Andre, uh, Andre Banderas did a great video on this where he actually took and started plucking lines off of his mallions and showing yeah, what the wing yep. does when you lose individual lines. 80% of the wing is supported on the A lines alone. And then the weight cascades back. So all you're doing by going into reef flex is you're essentially taking those lower portions of the wing that's lifting and you're moving that lifting surface forward, okay. basically making the tail of the glider inoperable. It just doesn't do any more lifting. So by, by moving your, your trims, you're essentially changing the span of the glider because of the amount of lifting surface. Even though you're not making it physically smaller, you're making it only use less of its efficient lifting surface. So JP, what is, what is this that you're on right now? That's the, uh, this is the ozone manual. Yeah, go okay. to page 33. Go to page 33. I think that's where I just was. Yeah, 33 will give you a picture of the risers and so you can see where the speed bar connects. Yeah, and so it, it's kind of better to have that visual. At least with the Roadster, is the only difference between speed bar and trims is the speed bar does more, but it's the same thing that it's doing. It's a forty sixty though, right? I mean, forty percent. It, it depends. It depends on the wing. It depends on the manufacturers. Some wings put a lot of their speed in their trims, and some wing manufacturers put a lot of their speed in their speed bar system. It right. just depends on the manufacturer. And then within manufacturers, like with, with the APCO, for example, if you get the APCO Easy versus the APCO Easy R, the wing itself is the same wing. The only thing you're changing is the risers. And just by changing the risers, you change the fact that you get two inches more trim and a full speed system. Right. So same wing, different risers, turns it into a different wing, essentially. It's a lot to learn. It's a lot to, to, to pull in as, as a new pilot. Um, oh, this is this is one of those those hobbies that you can spend fifty years and learn that you don't know ever enough. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of conflicting opinions I've noticed as well in this hobby um, or in this sport. And that's kind of worrisome a little well, bit because well, we, we learn something come from experiences. It's not bad to take the opinion from someone who's experienced SIVs or experienced flying multiple wings. It's really, really tough to take the experience from people who are on Facebook that you have no idea what their experience is. They just want to throw random things at you. Right. But then there's also, there's also Dell who argues the opposite of what everybody else says, but he is experienced. I think he only flies one wing though. Doesn't he just true. fly one wing? Yeah, that's true. Uh, and way overweight for the, the wing that he flies. Interesting. It doesn't matter. He has a crumple zone, and he was trained by God. <laughs> by God. No, by Jesus. Get it right. <laughs> no, it was by God. It was, oh, by, it was God. by God. Oh, that's right. I saw it the video. Was by God. By God. Yes, that's right. It was God. That, that <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> by the man himself. Um, oh, Lordy. That's going to a whole new territory here. <laughs> yeah, it is. Hey, uh, Brian Haybell, is there anything that you wanted to to talk about? I don't want to leave you guys in the uh, in the background there. Brian's been having fun this week, seeing on Facebook there. So yeah, I, have one more, I have one more question for Chris, though. 
Now, now that you've gone through the effort and process of building your own paramotor frame, have you sat down and actually taken any thoughts of making a new version or another version of a frame for the future and in improving any or of some of your designs that you've come to fruition with? Absolutely, yes. In fact, I've already I have started to, to – it's in my head so far, but, yeah, it's going to happen. There will be a beat to it. Uh, and sure, that's Thank you. I, so the reason, okay, so the reason I named the thing Blue Falcon to begin with was, and I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or familiar with the term, but uh, Blue Falcon is a, it's an army reference. Basically a Blue Falcon is in the army is the guy who always tattletales and snitches on everybody. He's the guy that always gets everybody in trouble. We call him the Blue Falcon. Uh, it's the MP, the military policeman. Um, we always uh, called him a training accident. So, huh? So we always called him a training accident. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the reason I named it Blue Falcon partially was because um, I fully intended it for it, it's going to tattle on all of its problems so that I can improve it for V2. That's where the name came from. Um, so I started the build and completed the build absolutely with the intention of building a, a version two. Um, <laughs> um, so yes, there will be a version two, and I have a, a ton of improvements. Most of them are going to be uh, with with torque compensation in mind. I'm going to put some uh, some fins in it, some carbon fins. I, I've built a ton of model air like DLG sail uh, out of carbon fiber. I have a, a whole setup to do vacuum uh, vacuum bagging and whatnot. So. Uh, I'm going to put some, some, uh, some torque compensation into it. And, uh, I want to make the, the kind of midsection part of it, like around the engine and your back a little bit stronger. Um, cause I've, I've bent it and had to fix it several times from my butt landings. So I want it to be, you know, a pound or two is not going to hurt anything. Sure. So, yeah. I want it to be a little bit stronger around that area. Um, but, I mean, for the most part, it works well. Um, in fact, it works a lot better than I thought it would. Um, it did take some adjustments to get it. Like the first couple of flights were really sketchy. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I added a little bit of uh, thrust offset to it and some lamelles and uh, I had to cut some parts off and, and shorten them so they don't bend so easy, like the little landing skids. So they don't hit my feet when I run. Um, but other than that, I mean, it, it flies well. But I mean, the most important thing I can say about it, like I said, is um, all the parts that can kill you were parts I bought. The rest of it was what I made. So the swing arms I bought, the harness I bought, um, obviously the engine. I mean, so I mean, everything. They weren't else, made in China, were they? What's that? The parts you bought, they weren't made in China, were they? No, no, the swing arms were uh, Minari, so they're uh, Polish, if I'm not mistaken. Minari is Italian. Is it? Yeah. Well, there you go. So it's basically He's Italy. Yeah, so you've got Italian swing arms, Italian uh, engine, and uh, wherever Apco's made. But Israeli. There you go. So, um, yeah, I just. Uh, I, I built the stuff, like I said, that if it breaks, who cares? It's not going to kill me. So, um, and I can, I, 
have a TIG welder and I can fix it. So, JP has do a you question. Fly with a, real, real, do you fly with quick. a reserve? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's another thing. Okay, so I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this. I do have a reserve, yes, and I do fly with it. That being said, it's 21 years old. Oh. Um, I repacked it uh, maybe uh, two months ago. It feels like it, it looks like it's in good shape. It feels like it's in good shape. I, I grabbed it and pulled it as hard as I could to see if it'll tear, and it doesn't tear, um, but it is 1999. Um, At least you have something. It's, it's just, it's it's just better there. than nothing. Yeah, it's better yeah. than nothing. Yeah. It's it like could, a 50 50 it could slow your descent down a little bit more and yeah. possibly save your life. But this is what you got until you get a new one. So it's exactly. not like this is what I'm going to use forever. Exactly, exactly. Right. I've already talked to the wife about it. We are, I am going to get a reserve. Um, did you say you repacked it yourself? I did repack it myself, yeah. I followed the, uh, the, the manual for this particular reserve doesn't exist because the company is long gone and they didn't have the internet when it was made. So uh, huh. <laughs> it, uh, it's a pull down apex round. Um, so I used uh, uh, the, the Gen Yeti manual to repack it. Um, like I said, it's a 50-50 chance it's gonna work. Um, more than anything, it's about eight pounds and it's on my left side. So it gives me uh, a little bit ballast. of counterweight to counter my <laughs> torque. <laughs> yeah, it gives me a little bit of counterweight for my torque. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we are gonna get a reserve. Um, that's, that's definitely gonna happen. It'll probably be tax time again next year. So just just to toss it out there, a quick way to help you offset some of your torque, make yourself about an inch and a half spacer and space your left swing arm out about an inch and a half. Yeah. And just that alone, moving your, your carabiners that much more apart, but only one of them is giant as far as torque compensation will work. Yeah, that, will that affect it if it like cruising or anything else or or takeoff and, and cruise and, and idle? The only thing it does is it gives you a very, very shallow left turn when you're completely on glide. Yeah. And so like when you're coming in for landing, you just hold about two inches of right hand, leave your left hand all the way up. When you get to about 50 feet, put both hands all the way up, let the glider dive fast, and then you just flare as normal. But it, it's just a very, very gentle left-hand turn, Su super gentle, like not yeah. enough to be like scary or weird. And when I you're have, under power or at, at cruise, straight level flight. I have considered that. I've actually got the torque close enough to manageable now that I'm not too worried about it anymore. I have, uh, I have 15 lamels on it. Um, I have uh, my reserve, obviously, as counterweight. And I've also got my uh right hang point one hole forward of my left which causes me to it's like a thrust offset a tiny bit of anti-yaw i'm sorry it's anti-yaw yeah it's an offset thrust it keeps, it keeps the thrust it keeps the thrust twist straight I've, I've had to do that with a machine before too yeah that made the biggest difference of all because it's basically pushing me to the right which is turning my wing to the left, obviously, as a pendulum. Um, it works very well. That was the biggest improvement that I made. Uh, 
it was the first one took a little bit of getting used to because I kept uh, falling sideways to the left at first on my landings because um, you literally have to land you're landing sideways to a small degree but um, hey real quick everyone smile smile for Linda so thumbs up she's gonna post it later on so you're you're muted Linda we can't hear you <laughs> Linda you're Linda muted. are you we smiling Linda Linda you gotta smile ready okay I'm unmuted ready? I usually have Sean do the screenshot because er, no, put your phone down. We're going to send you the picture, okay? Oh, okay, okay. Ready? Oh, I'm All right, okay. One, two, three. Perfect. <laughs> so how do you do that again? Control, command, what? I can't. Command, I can shift, three. Command, shift, I'll post three. It. I'll post it for everyone to see. Hey, real quick. Uh, what's up, Justin? You guys see uh, Justin joined the... Uh, I love you guys. Justin is the guy that I showed you his Instagram earlier in the week that uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to kill himself. So thanks for joining us, Justin. Yeah, I ain't going to kill myself. I'm just going to watch <laughs> you guys do it and learn from the best, I guess. Hey, I got to no, go get, no. hit a bottle. I'll be right back. You're going to hit a bottle. Okay. He's going to hit a bottle. Man. <laughs> it's, it's not a hay bale, but it's a bottle. Hey. <laughs> It's a start. No, I'm just teasing you, Justin. I just, uh, you know, um, this is what we kind of do is we're uh, uh, oriented towards newbies. And I saw your Instagram the other night, and I was like, man, that, that guy uh, made me a little bit nervous. I'm not going to lie. Not, it made me nervous, yeah. So, I was airborne before, and I just figured, well, if I can get in the sky, I can always get back down. And I watched, you know, the guys on the internet said, you know, if you can go up, down, landing, you know, it's all good to go. Do you, do you mind if I uh, show your Instagram here? Yeah, go, go for it. See, the problem so, is he's already doing, doing it. The wrong direction. We started in the sky and fell back down. We start at the bottom and go back up. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know this was you. Yeah, I saw that. It looked like you, uh, looked like your feet Slip. went slip. Shoop. Where, yep. where is, where is this at? Oh. It's at the Bandit Airfield in Kentucky. Okay, because I, I see. What kind of shoes were you wearing? Because yeah. it looked like it was like, like you slipped on wow. black ice. I was wearing uh, combat boots, and the suit is a roadster too. Are you in the service? Ow. I was. I'm retired. I got shot four times. I'm disabled. Bit. No shit. Yeah. Have, have, have we got a program for you? <laughs> Somebody get this man a resurgence uh, application. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that was kind of a butt lander there. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Go back. What, what is he holding? Is he holding A's and B's? No, just uh, the A's. Just the A's. Okay, okay. That's his. That's, that's his the program. Ozone Roadster, too. It looks like it has like, the split A's. Okay, I think I think I saw his uh, his break. Okay, it's the break that he's holding and his aids. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I just couldn't get off the ground. It's like too much. Two hundred eighty-five is hard to get up off the ground. And I think another thing I've done was I wasn't pulling any brake compression. You can see my hands all the way out in the front. I didn't yeah. pull down. What size the wing are you on? 
And what size wing is that? A 30. Oh, that, that should have enough lift for you. I mean, I'm, I was, uh, I was flying, I was 200 at my heaviest, 275 on a 28 meter Roadster three. And it, uh, on my Skyfly high, it showed that I was going, uh, my lift was 12 feet a second with a Monster 185 classic. Yeah, so that's what I got to get to. I got the Monster 185, the Mi-19. It's the pull start. But, uh, you got more than enough power. You just you just haven't got the technique all quite sorted out yeah, there. Yeah, we got to fine tune yeah. the technique a little so, bit. Having your hands out in front of you is is part of where you're you're starting out bad. Is you you need to have your posture correct. So you got to yeah, have your arms, arms out, back, chest out. Yeah, well, your shoulders back and arms out and up next to your ears, like you're like you're doing a, a upside down push up. Okay. And your um, trims, where were they? They were uh, set in the middle on the white line. I guess neutral. Man, if you could get over here for a weekend, I'd get you in the air and you'd be flying and having a good time. I believe where are you at? I'm oh, in Oregon. Yeah. Oh, I'm in Kentucky. Now, that's why I say that. You're a little far. But if you, were, if you wanted to take a drive, man, I'd get you all sorted out. No problem. Shit, I'm, I'm all about road trips. I'm always driving up and down the country anyhow. Well, there you go. I'm in the oh. mar medical marijuana business. Oh, so oh my God. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Right. From Kentucky, drop down to Arkansas and then go up there to see. Oh, yeah. yeah I'll stop by there, too. There you go. Don needs a care go. package. John needs a care package. It looks like you're wearing package. a Detroit Tigers hat. Yes, I am. I, okay, because. I, I'm originally from Michigan, so I recognize that hat right away. Well, my, what, one of my investors from Michigan, his name is uh, Milton Wilcox. He pitched uh, 1985 World Series. Okay. Yeah, so he's one of my big investors here in Kentucky. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so, cool. Yeah, I have a hat. Hey, JP, and, uh, go, go, go back one. Back to the ranch. Okay. It looks like you had one of your lines caught. Yeah, from the get-go. And I just gave it up, terminated, and you know, aborted. Yep. One, one second. I'm trying to get the audio for you guys. And that's when I cut the line, too. I cut the... Uh, the sheathing off. Yep, and I ain't gonna freaking go up in the air like that. I'm just gonna get it fixed by a rigger and. Oh no 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 no! You guys go, hear me? Go, go to four no, no, winds. No, no. Use duct tape. <laughs> no no listen listen check it out. Go to fourwindspppg.com. Send Shannon an email. She'll send you a brand new line for twenty bucks. Oh sweet! And that's easy to put on. They're easy to put on. Super okay, easy. Okay cool. Thank you. I thought I had to get yeah. to a rigger or something. No, no, no. If you if you if you tear up lines, every glider has a glider line guide, and so you can order any line you need as long as you know the line it is. Okay, I know. So if it's if it's your number one C line or if it's your number one D line and the prop dinged it, you can just replace that one line, and they're twenty dollars a line. If you're having Thank problems you. inflating, and uh, uh, it may be out of. Um, out of specs, maybe it wouldn't be that worth, you know, the worst thing to do to send it to um, Shannon to get it all checked out in the first place. That's also not a bad idea. 
Just saying. How old is it? Yeah. It's a roadster too, so it's. But two years old is what the guy said it was. He bought it new two years ago and took it. You know, he he took it out, tried to you know self train and got tired of it and put it up. He said it has probably less than five hours on it. Okay, so you realistically just need to spend twenty dollars and get a new line. Yeah, yeah, realistically. And then measure the rest of your lines to make sure that they're within specs. All right, thank you. Yeah. You can you can find me on, on Facebook at Kevin Can Fly and you're welcome to PM me anytime with any questions you have. I appreciate it, Kevin. Kevin can I'm also fly. I'm also on Instagram. I'm also on Instagram as Kevin Can Fly as well, and you can find me there too. All right, thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. My name's Big Lou. Don't be confused, because I'm very big. <laughs> well, guys, it's, 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 it's coming up on 9 o'clock. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, stop our live streams. We really appreciate everybody that has come on. Um, this has been a, an awesome, awesome podcast. Like I said, uh, if you want to listen to us, go to paratalk.org. You want to see our cute faces, go to clearproptv.com. Is there any questions in the chat that we need to answer before we leave? How Is many feathers are in a pound? <laughs> One pound worth. <laughs> and what's heavier, a pound of feathers or a pound of lead? Well, a pound of gold, obviously. Or a pound a pound of sand in your wingtip. <laughs> well that'll just that'll just make you not really have fun for a few minutes. <laughs> you better you better fly with your butthole open if you have that much sand. In it. Um and our panel, is there anything that our panel wants to say before we head on out? Where are we going? Just, just like I said, uh, you know, same, same for Chris or any, anybody else. If you know, I'm, I'm always at your disposal for questions. So if you ever need, it's Kevin can fly on Facebook. Send me a PM. Any questions you have, whether it's motor maintenance, your wing, tying in 2D, whatever, it doesn't matter. If I don't know it, we'll learn it together. So it's I'm always out there and available for anybody who wants it or needs to ask a question. Thanks, Kevin. Absolutely. Kevin, you rock. Hey, Chris, check the chat. Check the chat. Oh, yeah, I got you. I'll hit you up after we're done. Road trip. Definitely. Chris, I, Chris, I sent you a friend request so we can get on, watch your uh, YouTube. I sent you a friend request. Cool. I will accept it. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> Yeah. Mr. Skinny Shane, anything just that you want to do before we head on out? Presents at Christmas and stuff. She's like, we'll and just adopt you. It's fine. Just accept <laughs> it. Skinny <laughs> Chef, you're muted. Unmute yourself. I uh, I just bought a uh, cargo trailer, so I'll be making that into my pair. pair I camper. saw that. Awesome. And I plan to do a video on that, and uh, yeah, I can't wait. Except where can we where can we find this video, Mr. Shane? <laughs> well, as soon as I well, 
my wife's not letting me spend any more money. Apparently, buying a cargo trailer means uh, you can't spend any money. Because she just okay. thought I was going to buy this and then put my paramotor in it in a tent and then head out. What she doesn't know is I'm building a whole new live-in camper on a apparently on a budget. <laughs> That's probably going to be good because once she finds out what you've done, you'll probably go live in it. <laughs> <laughs> the dog house, right? Yeah. Oh. I'm going out. Uh, no, I'm going out to my motor home. I mean, my uh, camper, my real camper, if uh, that happens. You always, but, uh, you always wonder. You always wonder why the manager at work has a five thousand dollar leather couch in his office. It's because his home life ain't that great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I plan. I plan to. What uh, you got now? I'm gonna do a step by step uh, video on that coming up here. In the next, uh, probably, it won't be for like another month because apparently I'm not allowed to do nothing right now. So make cool. sure that you make sure make sure the title says "How to Build a Doghouse." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good lord. Ten days, ten days you fly in, then you buy a trailer. I can't imagine why she would be unsatisfied with your behavior. I mean, I went to Ohio for a couple days, and then I went to North Carolina three weeks later for nine days or ten days, whatever it was. And uh, I'm going next weekend to another fly-in, and uh, wow, is that yeah. fly-in called Carnival <laughs> Cruise with just your wife? Because I bet you. Should <laughs> hey, you know what? Every time I leave, I'm like, "Why don't you go out and do something?" She's like, "I'll just sit at home." I'm like, "Why?" I wouldn't sit at home if you were gone somewhere. I'd be like, "Up, oh, time to go hit the town and have fun." I'm There's just a saying. hot pizza and a cold beer calling my name. <laughs> exactly. Nah, she's she's a good girl, man. She don't she just chills, dude. She just I don't know. Apparently I'm this long. She must not be too bad. Yeah. Apparently I'm her entire world. I'm just saying. It happens. <laughs> well, I mean, you do have the kind of personality that takes up a room. So we'll just It does. That or the size of my head, one or the other. We, yeah. we kind of we, we missed your, your, your comic relief today, though, too. So I, I have been preoccupied on some other things that uh, it's, it's a sad thing. You don't want to bother with it. It's, it's all good. But, but we're glad that you're here, nonetheless. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying. It's, it's hard. Uh, you know, with our guest there talking about the PTSD thing, it, it, it struck a nerve, so... I kind of, I kind of got a little quiet. It's all right. Are you a vet too? No, I, uh, I, uh, I did the the hardest thing you'll ever have to do as a parent and say goodbye to your kids. So. Oh man, I'm sorry about that. So yeah, it. it I, you don't have to go to war to have PTSD. You just have to have oh, something traumatic. So. Okay. Yeah. It, it it struck a it struck a nerve with me and it it shut me down tonight. But you know it's it's. Everybody deals with their own stuff their own way, so. Man, I'm All right, sorry. wait a minute. We got to do a group hug. Group hug. Group what, hug. Was it just me and Linda? That's it? Come on. I group hug. Come on. There we go. Kevin's, Kevin's hugging me from behind, and I don't know what I'm feeling. Group hug. Come on. Okay. That's good. <laughs> Man, good Lord. I love you guys. So my grandpa, my grandpa used to always have a little homonym he used to tell me when I was a child. 
And he used to tell me, God only takes the children that he loves the most. And the only reason why men are bald is because he covered the imperfect heads with hair. There you go. Oh, crap. I have hair. <laughs> <laughs> My grandpa was also bald, so, you know. Right. Chris, any uh, final words before we uh, kill the live streams? Can Chris, anybody call my wife and let her let me spend money, please? Okay, I will. Just <laughs> use your PayPal, okay? Just PayPal everything. No kidding. Oh my god, man! She is she, dude. She has like watched me like a hawk the last couple of days. Oh, it's killing oh, me. Oh man! Nice. She's taking your credit card and everything, huh? No, but let me tell you what happened. We're going Saturday over to, to uh, Orlando for a wedding, and we're staying the night. So I'm thinking that ordering some stuff Thursday, and then when we're not here, I'll just have my daughter put it in her room and hide it. What if she listens to this podcast? She'll know your secret. No. My wife is listening and she's <laughs> learning all the tricks. <laughs> no, see, the real trick is you open it immediately, sit it with the rest of your shit, and then pretend like it's been there all I along. And you have no idea where this charge is coming. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'll have to go and sort it out. My account must have been hacked. I didn't buy anything new. It was <laughs> unfortunately, there's nothing in my cargo trailer. So if all of a sudden, you know, some lights show up or an outlet, yeah. So That's me. not the same cargo trailer. I traded mine to my friend. He already had that. Just talk to uh, Kevin. He'll send you I haven't been Kevin excited to do any. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys. So yeah, the trade-off. So See, the, the trade-off. It's not for you. It's for her. So that way when you go to the flying, she has a comfortable place to be. Oh, <laughs> no, she, she is perfectly fine with tent camping. She loves tent camping. Yeah. Um, I actually bought a tent after we, I sold the tent that we had when we bought the camper and then she complained about why did I sell the tent? So I bought a new tent and she's ready to rock and roll in that when it cools down. But here's the trade-off. So I bought a, I bought a cargo trailer, enclosed trailer, and she bought 40 cases of tile. Oh, Hello. Somebody's going to be doing their best work on their knees. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> get those fancy, fancy knee pads from, uh, from Home Depot. So I, I'm going to spend my, I'm going to, I'm going to take my best possible skill and pay a guy to do it because I'm done with it. <laughs> I don't blame you. That's, that is not fun. Oh, gosh, I would do the same thing. I'm like, oh, screw this, man. In the 13 years we've lived in this house, I have laid, uh, I've tore the carpet out, laid tile, tore the tile up, put more tile down, tore that tile up, put hardwood floors down, and now I'm fixing to go with hardwood floor looking tile. Done. That's so, just known as equity retention. That's all it is. I'm over it, man. I'm willing to pay somebody to come in and, and, and do this. I'm like, I'm, we're just going to go move out into the camper on the side of the house while this is all getting done. And uh, it's all good. 
need to need to talk to the guy that you're going to hire and have him pad the bill so you can afford your lights. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure that you really should take that carnival cruise while all of this is going. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of that. Well, I'm yeah. fixing that on the 20, I, I don't even know, at the end of this month, I'm going to Wisconsin to do a ceremony for a wedding. And uh, my wife's like, hey, can we just have the guy do it while we're gone? I'm like, dude, I'm not letting some guy in my house while we're not here. What? Seriously? No. no. The dogs no. will just give everything away. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> have you not seen my ferocious Rottweiler? He won't the do nothing. That the one that you scratch inappropriately on Facebook? I saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> you mean don't scratch? You mean I don't scratch? I saw where you were touching that dog. Don't you try to lie to me. Oh, uh, he, he's, he's not that, that well-endowed. It's a little further down. <laughs> no, he... Um, I it don't was know a what funny it is. angle. Yeah, it was a hilarious angle. But I don't know what it is with that dog. If you stop petting him and you leave your hand on him, he flips out. I don't know what it is. He hates it. Even in the middle of the night, I'm sleeping. I'll roll over and touch his head or whatever and just just like yep. just leave it there. And he flips out in the middle of the night. Yep. It's all over. Can't do that. Pretty sure in like a week or two he's gonna file a class action lawsuit like they did. <laughs> and I will switch. I will switch his uh, feed over from uh, top of the line to friggin' O'Roy's. <laughs> <laughs> the hundred pound bag Alpo. of Alpo. Get Alpo. <laughs> that dog eats pretty damn good tonight. Actually, tonight he had uh, his, his pedigree uh, dog food mixed in with. Uh, the juices from the steak tonight. See? Steak and potato. Oh, yeah. He was bad as me, Shane, man. I, feel, yeah. I, I cook up, like, fresh hamburger, man, mix it in their food. They're, they're, like, they're like, so spoiled. I just bought 15 pounds of ribs for my dogs. When it comes to uh, hunting, when it comes to hunting season, my, my, my dogs all get one deer a year. Wow. Deer meat's good. Oh, yeah. Forever. How many deer are you allowed to hunt in Florida? Good lord. We're allowed like two, two a day. Two a day. We're allowed two a day. Wow. That's a lot of deer. I need to go hunt in Florida and just bring my AR and just freaking let me <laughs> Brap. I mean, hey, I mean I got a whole I got a whole grand idea for that. We just fly tandem. The passenger on the front runs defense and the pilot, you know, does the navigating portion. And when you find an animal, the pilot passenger goes from defense to offense real quick, and then it's all right. See, part 103 says you're allowed to drop stuff from your paramotor as long as it's not a hazard to people or property on the ground. It doesn't specify the velocity at which you drop things. That is true. That is true. Because all rounds, they drop. Well, unfortunately, the game warden thinks that uh, shooting anything from a moving vehicle is illegal or a, a moving what is the? I already looked into this because that was the first thing I thought about doing. You're, in in Oregon, at least, you cannot fly and hunt on the same day. What? Yep. If you fly, like say hypothetically, you fly into a, a hunting area, you can't fly around, scout where the animals are, then land, and then walk over there and shoot them. They consider that unsportsman. Yeah, so that's part ninety-one, right? Today, you, if you fly today, you cannot hunt till tomorrow. <laughs> 
like after midnight. It's. Wonder if you it's can that fly way, a most drone and hunt because that's so kind wait, of the nope. same idea, right? The guys, nope. par like you guys, like paramount over a place where you want to to hunt first, and you're not allowed to do that, right? That's what they're saying. Like guys are down there hunting, and you got people paragliding over there to see where. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. What, what they're what they're saying, Linda, is if you're if you're going to do active hunting, and you right? fly any aircraft, whether it's a helicopter or an airplane into that hunting area okay you cannot hunt the same day you fly is they that a passenger a and a pilot that's anybody in that aircraft does not matter huh. <clears throat> what are you saying so, is you can't cheat yeah so we went we went over last year to go wow. hunting my father-in-law is a big time hunter i'm not i i would rather use a camera to take shots than a gun oh um, that's sweet I mean, I, I, can, I can easily go get a steak at the grocery store. I don't need to sit in the woods for four days to do it. I'm going to take pictures <laughs> and leave footprints. But I had this conversation before I did it because I wanted to make sure I didn't get anybody in trouble. But I had brought my DJI with me, and everyone who knows about DJI knows the thing has several kilometers of range. And so the idea was I would use the drone – go fly a couple of the draws and figure out if there was any paths or animals, etc. land the drone and then tell the boys what I had found and sent them out on their day. We talked to the park ranger about that and the, at least in Oregon, they view that activity the exact same way as if you flew a Cessna or any other type of aircraft over in the same day. So if I was to fly my drone in camp, around camp at all, that whole day, nobody in our camp could do any hunting. So that made my whole entire weekend a non-flying weekend, and all I got to do was sit in camp around the campfire because I'm not a hunter. Oh, okay. But I'm yeah, glad right. I found out first. I'm glad I found out first because not only would they have seized my drone, but they then would have hit me with a $10,000 fine. And that <gasps> would have been cool. So, so, Kevin, you said that uh, instead of sitting in the woods for four days – you would rather go to a store and get a, a steak. Correct. Now, do you feel that's more humane? Uh, I guess it depends on where I'm buying my steak from. Because No, I, I say that in honest, because the store that I get my steak from, is uh, it's a, a family collective market, and they have their own farm, and they literally harvest whatever uh, proteins they need based on the demand that they have. So... They're not a mass slaughterhouse. It's not like I go to Safeway and buy steaks like 50 at a time or whatever. It's, it's uh, what we call the Sherwood Food Collective. And it's, a, it's basically one farmer that has a lot of land and then uses that to produce his own store and so forth. It's all USD or, or certified organic, no hormones, grass-fed, yada, yada, yada. It was actually super difficult for me to get used to at first. Because if you've ever gone, anyone who's ever listened to this might understand, if you've ever gone from regular old store-bought steak and then transitioned over to pure 100% grass-fed beef, the it's flavor gross. profile is totally different. It's 100% different. Yeah. yeah. So, we... Real quick, before... Real, real quick, Chris, I'm, I'm really sorry. Uh, Chris is going to head on out. He's our guest. Um, he has to leave. So, um, Chris... Uh, have a great evening. Thank you very much for coming on. Totally appreciate you. And, uh, you know, jump on anytime that you want to. Thank you, Chris.
And plus you're muted, so you need to unmute if you want to say something to us. Sean, I really appreciate you, uh, you having me uh, and letting me my tell, tell my story. Um, also, thanks for letting me know I was muted. <laughs> but uh, eight, no, seriously, Kevin, thanks for the advice. Um, Chris as well. And uh, never trust the skinny chef, man. Um, I'm glad you're on here. Thanks for telling me, you know, telling us all what, what happened to you. I'm sorry that happened, but uh, I completely understand. Um, and you're absolutely right. It's not, uh, it's not just a veteran issue, but uh, anyway, no, you know. Thank you. Thank you for your service. My son was also in the, in the army and, yeah. but you know, he, he passed of cancer, but uh, I mean, it, it, 19 years old, it's just, it's not fair. It really isn't. It's not fair for anybody, man. No. But I, I do feel for you. I, I, I completely understand what you what you're going through, and and I'm yeah, sorry that you you do as, have to go through that. As do I. I completely do as well for you as well. Um, you know. Anyway, but I'm, I'm glad I get to talk to people like you, and uh, glad we get to share the sky together someday. Hopefully, we can do it in person. But uh, and that goes for everybody. You know, you're all you're all awesome. Thank you all. For, uh, You're awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Chris. Appreciate uh, you. Thanks, Chris. You guys, you guys Keep have up good, the good work, buddy. You're doing great. And thank jump you. on every Monday. You're definitely part of the panel. I, I'm gonna try. I'm definitely gonna try. Good I'll do right. most. I, I can. I can. Thanks. I can definitely do most. But uh, you guys have a good night. Thank you very much. Thank you. All, right, All right, Chris. Chris. Thank you. Bye, bye. Mr. Chris Wheeler. Thank you. I'm. I'm. Thank you for pausing. Go ahead and continue, please. So I live out in the country, and so we get a cow a year that we butcher ourselves and, and that kind of thing. So starting next year, we'll be raising our own cattle. Um, but I've been doing this for years and years. And grass-fed is definitely better, but it's, it's a misnomer to think that you want 100% grass-fed. There's a problem with 100% grass-fed. You, what you don't want is you don't want hormone injection. That's what you don't want. You don't want hormone injection or antibiotics that um, are uncalled for kind of like your own body, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you definitely want to grain a, 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 a steer prior to uh, slaughtering him by three or four months. You, you, you definitely want to feed him grain. And the reason why you do is because the, the best part of the meat is the fat. It's what gives the meat the flavor is the fat, the right? Even if you cut it out. Yeah. You want fat. And so a lean cow doesn't really taste that great because it's too lean. You need the fat in order to add the flavor and so you know if you're gonna if you're gonna take it to market about you know uh march april in you know november december is when you want to start cutting it out and just graining it and just get it fat get it fat get it fat and then you take it in so yeah so great grass, grass fed is what you want but it, it grain finished yeah you definitely want to finish it with grain and you definitely yeah getting it from a local rancher is the way to go because you can ask them what hormones have you injected into this what antibiotics have you had to give and if they're like oh we just do the standard antibiotics go to a different rancher you don't want antibiotics that are not necessary i mean just like your own you don't want to like be taking z-packs or you know penicillin if you don't need it if you're not sick and the same thing with the cow and you just don't want to inject the hormones into it and there's a lot of local ranchers that won't by the way we pay usually about 350 to 390 a pound that means 
T-bones, ribeyes, ground beef, whatever, the roast, 350 to 390 a pound. You can't even get that in a grocery store for ground beef. <laughs> right? Now, uh, now, this year we had to pay, I think, 480. And the reason is, is because COVID and all of the, uh, all of the ranchers now are having a hard time getting to market. So the beef prices are definitely rising. So if you guys want to save your family a ton of money, buy a deep freezer. The ones that stand up, you don't want the ones on the ground. You want the ones that stand up because you'll get frostbite going through your meat to figure out what you want. Get the ones that stand up, go to a Sears outlet store, get a brand new one that has a dent in it, and a couple hundred bucks, you get a freezer. A family of four will go. A family of four will eat a half a cow a year. Uh-huh. A half a cow is a lot of food. So if you have a family of four, buy a half a cow. Just go to your rancher and just tell them you want a half a cow. They'll find another family to split it with. I found I found a rancher that'll give me half a cow for two fifty, two hundred fifty bucks. That's amazing. You Processed? No. Processed? No. no it's, just, okay. it's, just, it's just a clean split half, and he'd have to take it and have it butchered, which is why it's so cheap. Yeah, plus I, I would question like how old that cow is if you're paying two fifty. No, like like you should they, be like they like they like they um kill it, half of it, here's two fifty, here's two fifty. They're just the front it. half or the back half? Like the, the, <laughs> how does that even work? I, I no, seriously I hope it's straight down this way. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I would I would seriously, Sean, I would question that. I would I would I would not buy that cow. If it's too cheap to be true, it probably you're probably buying a really old cow. You want a young cow, you know. No, yeah. I think uh, yeah. You should be paying about thirteen to fifteen hundred dollars for a half a yeah. cow. Is what so you should be paying. And that's way less than you pay at the grocery store for meat for one year for your family. Yeah. So with the farm that we have here up the street, it's it's a, a a cow by order basically, which is why I was saying it's he doesn't just you know have a slaughterhouse so to speak. It's by he does the protein by demand, and so what they do is it's basically like that you were saying. And I, it was like I'm shaking my finger. It's like you hit your, the nail on the head. It's like twelve hundred and fifty bucks. And then they divide that amongst the four families. And it's not like you just get a quarter of the cow. What they do is they butcher out the whole thing. And then you get a dozen T-bones and a dozen prime ribs and a dozen, you know, it's like, it's just like going to the butcher shop and coming home with $475 worth of steaks. The only difference is for $475, you come home with an entire shopping cart instead of just the top little kid's seat. And it's everything. It's it's roasts. It's freaking the ribs. It's I mean, and you know, for for me, I love it because my wife doesn't like certain cuts, whereas I love certain cuts. So for her, like she really, really loves doing ribeyes. So I can get the order so that way there's more ribeyes and more T-bones and then less roast. And so throughout the other families, we we will sit and discuss, you know, the breakdown of who wants what. And one family does more pot roast, you know, and, and we break up the cow so that way everybody gets the best of what they want, so to speak. And then, I mean, it, it is, it's $1,200, but for what you get at the end of the day, you're, you're essentially getting almost $3,000 worth of groceries for 1200 bucks. Kevin, what, what does she not like about the roast? It's not her that doesn't like roast. It's me. I don't like the texture. Okay. What, what if, what if I told you, 
I have a I Chuck Rose. I just don't I, like the stringiness. Like, like even even the like a uh, pulled pork. If pulled pork isn't like super duper soft and subtle, if it sticks in your teeth and it's kind of chewy, yeah. I'm done. I don't, I, I can't stand that stringy All chewy right. type. So Kevin, I just bought a Chuck Rose today. I plan to do an eight-hour sous vide cook and then torch it with my blowtorch. Okay. To finish it off. I guarantee you, you would eat this. I'm going to do a video on it, and and I know what you're talking about, that stringiness. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Evil. And uh, It's not the flavor. I love the flavor. No, no. I'm not, I know you're talking about texture. Flavors. It's just texture. The texture. I 100%. I can eat deer steaks all day long, but if you ground it up, I can't eat it. Really it's like, uh, my, my, my father just went and got an elk and we made uh, hamburgers the other night or not hamburgers it was um, meatloaf we made meatloaf out of the elk and I swear it. swear to god it was probably one of the best meatloafs I've ever had in my life there was I, not there was no gamey flavor to it it was just pure deliciousness I grew up in the um, when I growing up in Detroit my family had our own, a grocery store business, and uh, my dad and his brother and his brother-in-law, whatever, um, shared the business and whatnot. So I grew up on all that fresh, absolutely fresh. You know, every night it was steak, hot roast, whatever. And I, I actually talked. My dad's like 90, 94 now, and I talked to him a few days ago, and I was asking about. The roast, you know, like like a pot roast, because it seems like whatever I buy for a slow cooker, it's like kind of dry, it's kind of chewy or whatever. And he said, he said, um, shoulder, a shoulder roast or something. Shoulder roast, yep. Yeah, he told me that. I mean, my dad was 94, he was like so sharp on, he, and he was saying like, when you go out and buy like the steaks, they call them petite steaks. He goes, all that is is New York strip steaks, just cu cut up, you know, chopped in pieces or whatever for, you know, like you buy the family packs or whatever. So he was saying, you know, if you want a New York strip, just buy the strips and then, you know, out the counter or whatever, and then cut them up yourself. And he says it's a lot cheaper. Same with as buying frozen chicken and <laughs> fresh chicken. Anyway. Oh, hey, Linda has a FedEx. FedEx is here. He told us <laughs> this was going to happen. Hey, um, um real quick from the yeah yep. from the from the uh, chat, uh, this guy Brian Waller shares one of his worst fears is developing an allergy to red meats. Ticks that carry Lyme disease can actually do that, and I've been bitten by three all Lone Star ticks. And also, uh, Phone Whistler wants to know from the panel, uh, would any of us consider ever going vegan? And I personally would like to know, is this a PPG podcast or a podcast? <laughs> well, we, started, we, we started off flying around to kill game, and then it's like, would you okay, buy Okay, the it transition. Yeah, it this, trans is the, this is the after show. This is whatever. The okay, all right, all right, all right. Hey, and FYI, Craig Taylor's in the chat. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen my logo in the center of my wing, but uh, – Thanks to him and, and his uh, little business that he has on the side. Wicked, Wicked Wings. Uh, logo. Um, if you're looking for something, 
he uses uh, the same the same sticker material as it, it's what the uh, wing is. What is it called? Uh, wing patch. No, it's what is the material called? Uh, good Lord, hurry up, Craig! Type it in the in the chat. What is it? What is it? What's the? Type it, hurry! Hurry! <laughs> What's the material called? Jesus! Keep in mind, we're on a thirty-second delay, so he's not going to see us talking okay, well, in real well, time. We'll just keep this going. Hurry! Hurry! <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep saying "hurry" for thirty seconds. It's um, oh, Jesus! Good lord! Good lord! Oh. Ripstock! Ripstock! Thank you, Jesus! So. <laughs> It's the same material that your wing is made out of, so you literally do not even like your wing has no literally. idea. Whatever. It's like putting um, one big patch on your wing. Yeah, exactly. I just put a big one with a cancer ribbon right in the center of my wing, so uh, it'll never. Craig has verified. How do we get a hold of this guy? Craig verified. How do we get a hold of this guy? Craig, he's um, in the chat right now. Yeah, yeah Craig Taylor, Taylor. Can you drop a uh, uh, contact info one way or the other? email what have you um so that we can uh get some orders from you we need he to does have, we need to have get, we need he, he needs to jump we on need, real quick so we can talk yeah. to him yeah. he needs he needs he needs, the, he needs the order here right now he needs He's to come out and, and and yeah, not too many we're, we're still streaming this is going to be on podcast all over the world so yeah I'm okay. quick and and tell your <laughs> Sean, Sean, that's, drop the uh, drop the password or the code and the password. It's, it's, oh. it's, it's scroll up. It's it's there. And JP just went full screen, so I can't get to it real quick. So, um, Craig Taylor is also um, Craig Taylor is a um, he's a uh, golly, he's a one legged uh, foot launcher. He's a uh, amputee. Yes. Amputee. Awesome. Which, by the way, I love which, Craig. by the way, the dude can foot launch <laughs> like nobody's business. If you didn't know that he was missing a leg, you would not know he was missing a leg when he launched. Does he, does he left foot launch or does he right foot launch? He does everything right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. There, the, the link is up above, but I just posted the, um, oh, and so did um, JP. What are you drinking there, JP? Bahama Mama? <laughs> the daiquiri. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the daiquiri. I'm looking for the little umbrella. And he drinks the little one. Yeah. His, 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 little, his little white dog made it for him. All I hear is jealousy about a doggy. Come on, guys. I love that little dog. Hey, Linda. Answer the vegan diet question, though. I was uh, I, I tried the vegan thing before I wanted to, and I was vegan for a long time, but I got to the point that I felt like I needed something. I just I couldn't I couldn't put my finger on it. And I so, went back to meat, and I felt better. So I don't know. So this this surprises even me, but ever since I went to the emergency room last Tuesday, I've had nothing but liquid. I haven't had a stitch of food in over a week. Oh so my gosh. I'm technically vegan and gluten 
pre all at once right now. Negative Ghost Rider. I, I need I need to eat red meat. Well, I thought so too until it just kind of stopped being a hunger and just went away. And now I just feel like I do any other day. I just I, haven't eaten. I stopped eating sugar about 20 some days ago and I have no cravings for nothing anymore. Um, oh, and I lost and I lost seven pounds. I lost. Oh, good. Congratulations. I lost a little over 20 now. I saw your picture, Sean. So, so, really so, good. I wonder, so I wonder if it's the note. Are you, you're not eating sugar then, right? Just water and tea. There you go. I actually, yesterday, yesterday, yesterday I had uh, two uh, Vita Cocos, Vita Coco mix waters. I mean, you're getting your vitamins and your protein and stuff, Kevin. You know what I mean? Because you can't live on. Yeah, water. no, my, my, when, when I talked to my doctor, he says, because of the effects of pancreatitis, I can't have anything that forces my body to operate or work its quote digestive system. Oh, okay. And so due to the inflammation of the pancreas because the pancreas produces the enzymes that stop and start your hunger emotion. And so okay. every time I eat, it then has to produce these hormones and there's ducts between your pancreas and your stomach where these hormones pass through and apparently that's where I'm having an issue is what they suspect. And so if I have anything that's a solid food, okay. then it's just going to exacerbate the problem that I'm having. So I haven't been able to eat anything that's been solid food since, like I said, last okay. Tuesday. So I got cleared today. Today I'm allowed to go back to a soft foods diet. Okay. So, so JP, go back down and show, show them that badass wing right there. Oh, look at that. That's that's uh, Wicked Wing logos right there. So. I wish you let me blow it up. Motor crazy on it? No. Yeah, he's got a, <laughs> he did Paramotor Crazy stickers as well. Um, hey, and that sticker's still on that wing, despite it being dragged through the Ohio River. And catching a fish. <laughs> and, ca and catching a fish. Yeah. And catching a fish. So yeah, he does some good work, Craig Taylor at Wicked Wings Logos. So you here's can, his contact you, info right here, uh, Wicked Wings Logo at gmail.com. Is he not getting yeah. on? He's also uh, he's he's also part of the uh, our Paramotor Nation. Um, Craig, you, Craig's probably sitting in his easy chair eating a bucket of ice cream, laughing at all of us <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Half asleep. Um, oh, that's why he doesn't want to jump on because he's part of our Paramotor Nation. He he can't. He's probably he can't. And he's shows. probably naked. He's, <laughs> he's in the hot tub with David. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've oh, had look, the pleasure of meeting Craig even, and even Robert's wing. Even Robert's wing is is there. Yeah, paraglidingtalk.com. Yeah, yeah. I've had, I don't, Craig. We we gotta get my uh, my flag put on there too that you did for me. Oh, Craig um, did your flag. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's cool. I need a logo. I want to put my face on it though. I, I don't have a. Very yeah, you lot. shouldn't put your face on it. No. Yeah, I mean, let's be real here. Maybe put your dog's face on there. Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> People, will you be my mascot? 
Dude, she could so be my mascot. Look at that. You should, hey, you, should you know what? Like One of us already has a dog for a mascot here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but your dog's throwing up. <laughs> I'm a little bit cuter. <laughs> a puking dog or a cute little puppy? I don't know which one. Do yeah, want. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, I gotta go, guys. So, thanks for having me again, Sean. All right, Chris. Have a good one. Thanks, 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 See you guys. Right, oh, Chris, yeah. Thank you. I gotta get running too. Hey, there's Craig Taylor. Yeah. He's not eating ice cream and he's not in the hot tub with David. <laughs> all right, all right. I was definitely cracking up at you guys, though. Uh, <laughs> there he is. He's in bed. I knew he was in bed. Yeah. Oh, I had yeah, two, I had two out of the three right. He was in his easy chair laughing as oh, yeah. about us. He just wasn't uh -huh. have the, he just didn't have the ice cream. I already had it. How you doing, <laughs> There you go. How's the pool business? How's the pool business treating you this fall? It's good. I'm trying to get him closed so I can go south and beat up on Shane, help him with his new camper. Ah. <laughs> good. He needs it. Hey, Somebody Craig. who can dish him out enough spoons of his own garbage that he might calm down a minute. <laughs> Craig, your uh, your your pool company there. It's probably got a leg up on everybody there, huh? Yeah, but I only can swim in circles, you know. <laughs> Everyone else is so uncomfortable right now, Craig. It's not even funny. <laughs> Just got a new leg. People always, thought it, people always thought it was funny when he bought an infinity pool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but I just got a new leg. Oh, yeah? You just got a new leg. Uh, you traded so, two paramotors and a wing for it. So Phone Whistler wants to know how dangerous it would be to fly through a city like Baltimore. Anyone want to explain <laughs> to him why we can't do that? Dude, yeah. I love that, Greg. You got a sectional for a leg? That's rad. That is awesome. Hold on. Hold on. I didn't see it. Anyways. It's, a, it's a sectional. Where, where is that? I can't tell. What? That is wow. That's wild. And it's carbon fiber, too, right? He has a sectional leg. It's sectional. Miami International. And there it is. Okay. <laughs> that is he awesome. He can literally stick his foot up your ass, too. <laughs> his, take his leg off and beat you with it. You know, I will tell really, you. It's really hey, hard to argue with a guy when he, when he says you're in the wrong airspace and he fucking puts his foot up your ass and says, no, I'm not. <laughs> I will tell you right now, though, Craig, I've watched this dude take off foot launch, and honestly, you would not know that he he was missing anything other than more time in the Is air. No, dude, the dude can foot launch. I'm dumb. All, uh, all props to you, Craig. I, you know, I love you, dude. It's, it's, props. you're, like you're that. an awesome, you're an awesome man, and, and, uh, you're a hell of a pilot, dude. I've, I've flown with you, and, and. It's, did it's, you, uh, did you guys get to see that double amputee that came through this year for resurgence? That was Robert Bruce. Dude, yes. that guy did awesome. I was so yes. proud for him. He, he was really, really good. What talk about heart, dude? That that dude didn't give up for nothing. Mm -mm. Uh, 
people people like that make me feel bad. <laughs> you know, I, don't like, bad hey, you. I know that guy. I don't feel bad for you, Craig. I, I think sure. there's nothing wrong with you, dude. You you. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with me, but I I feel like you know it's easy for me, but somebody like that they they're definitely working for it. It's like the the Black Knight from Monty Python. So like you just look down, and you're like, ah, oh, it's a flesh wound. I can go. Like. Exactly. Yeah, you know what's funny about about Paramotor Crazy's logo is he went in the Ohio River and that thing didn't even budge. And we were just talking about that. <laughs> yeah. And Amy he caught a fish. It wrong. He applied it wrong. He applied it wrong and it didn't even come off. Wow. What did he do wrong? Yeah, what did he so, do wrong? Clarify, clarify that real quick so we understand what that means. He applied it wrong. So he peeled the transfer sheet off first instead of the packing uh, sheet and then he had to put it on piece by piece. Uh -huh. Oh, I see. Not, not correctly like oh, I did it. So what you're saying is he edited out his mistakes on YouTube? Never. <laughs> you know, and that it looks so small, doesn't it? That thing was huge. Yeah, no. Yeah. My, my, my cancer ribbon is the same way. It looks so small, but then when you get, you look at the picture from the uh, website and it's like, dude, that thing is like six foot wide. Yeah, that one is the biggest one. Wow. Shane, Shane's was the biggest one so far as like a six. Yes, I'm sure almost. he's heard that before. <laughs> nope. First, first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I'm not bummed. No, Shane's was over, over almost six feet and bigger than seven and a half. Yep. But if you look at the, like when I'm flying it, I look up and I'm like, man. I can I can see it perfectly clear. It just because of the wing, the size of the wing, it just looks so damn small. But it's not. It's huge. Yeah, it's it's big. And man, it was not easy. It took four of us to put it on. It was not. Uh, four winds helped me out greatly. Yeah, did they move? Yeah, they went to um, uh, uh, Georgia. Oh. Apparently, apparently Avon. Uh, from, from rumor has it, how about that? Uh, don't quote a me little, on this. A little oh, bird told me. What I was told was Lauren was acting like the uh, airport manager, and then they hired somebody that came in and said, hey, you need to mow all of the field. And Lauren's like, no, I'm just mowing this part for the class. The county mows the rest of it. And Long story short, Avon said, or uh, Forwin said, screw it, and I guess they moved to uh, Georgia. So the real story is the town chased them out like they tried to do the aviator. I, like I said, I don't know. Really? <laughs> I'm guessing. I'm just saying. I know uh, that. Uh, I got. I gotta go. I'd love All to right. sit in here more about the paradrama, but I really do got to get back to the family now. See you, Kevin. <clears throat> right. yeah. Sounds good. And we've really went way over and beyond what our podcast should be going. We're, I mean, I, I'd love to stay on and, and do more, but 
um, our, our listeners don't listen really past two hours. So we're going to go ahead and uh, kill the live stream. Everybody that's uh, listening uh, to parenttalk.org. Thank you very much. If you're watching us here at clearproptv.com. Thank you so much. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Y'all have a wonderful day and uh, we will catch you next Monday. Same bat time, same para channel. I should have said para, darn it. I said bat. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we'll catch you next week. Have a good one, y'all. Peace out. Peace. And done. This was a good show. I think we had a good show tonight, didn't we? We had a good show ever. Awesome. Best show. Oh, we're up to 37 already. When Craig shows up, I mean, come on, man. Right, right. Yeah. yeah I, I, usually, I, I don't ever catch the Monday show because I'm in ground school for fixed wing. But I'll see you on Thursday, Craig. Player prop.